0: Thank <music> you. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Miss Christine Steimer. Oh, hi. And very special guest, Brandon Jones is here. (laughs) Hello. Yay. Brandon, it's so awesome to finally have you on the show. Yay. I'm so glad you're here.
1: It is awesome on my end as well. It's all awesome. So
0: for folks who aren't aware, the voice, Brandon Jones, um, founder of GameTrailers.com. Also, one of the fantastic gentlemen over at Easy Allies. You can find them now at patreon.com slash Allies, And we're going to talk a little bit more about all the cool stuff that you guys are doing over there in just a little bit. But Brandon and I had the awesome opportunity to work together back at Defy Media. Oh, the good old days. smiles and and nods (laughs) just a smile and a nod I can go into
1: detail you just name the the memory and uh, we can we can go into it the ups and downs good and bad
0: (laughs) yeah the sheer look of panic uh, on Brandon's face when I think you guys first moved into the office and the dawn or the realization dawned on you that oh yeah a lot of a lot of the team is gone we have to do all of this content with, like, a third of the people. Well, it's also it
1: was going from a company that despised YouTube to a company that, like, was YouTube. They're <laughs> so like, this is bas- yeah. these are basically the top channels of their, you know, prospective departments on, the, on YouTube, period. So get with the YouTube program. I remember going to a meeting, like, the first couple of weeks. It was, like, a three-hour meeting just about thumbnails. And I was like, things have changed wow. a little bit. <laughs> this is a different <laughs> ballgame. It was fun. Yeah,
0: I I definitely can say that about, uh, about Defy. They were on top of the creator playbook. Obviously, as a giant media company that owns all of the brands, unlike a lot of MCNs or multi-channel networks mm-hmm. who just partner with some brands, kind of like a maker studio of old. Um, they really took a lot of pride and still take a lot of pride in making sure that their content looks and sounds the best and is optimized for the platform. And I'm always so happy to see how well they're doing over there. Our, you know, former friends, well, still same friends, <laughs> former colleagues, I should say, <laughs> um, at Smosh Games who are doing cool stuff. And yeah. of course, my clever team kicking ass over there on clever TV, clever news, clever fashion. I mean, they're just like crushing it right now. So happy for them. And uh, Honest Trailers, always yeah. get a kick out of those.
1: Screen Junkies in general, like, um uh, love that team, and they definitely have had a, a roller coaster a couple of years, but I think uh, it's really exciting checking in with them, what they're doing now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh This is where I also tell folks that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you 100% free, courtesy of patreon.com slash what's good games. We're going to talk Woo-hoo! to you more about that in just a little bit, but for now... There is a whopping section of news this week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. We got uh, lucky that the announcements all happened before we recorded the show this week. Thankfully. never happens.
2: Never. And
0: um, Brittany had quite a oh. week this week. Oh, yeah. Do you want to kick off the show with this Pokemon news? I melted the fuck down. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> tell us all about your mental break so, so in the in the show notes i just wrote pokemon holy shit <laughs> so before actually i want to read something before britney gets into the actual news so a couple weeks ago we got an email uh, contact at what's you guys know you can always email us whenever you want to uh from a gentleman named johnny and he writes, What's good, ladies? Hope you are doing well. I'd like to propose a Tim Geddes-esque hype bet for Pokemon Switch. I am so confident that Pokemon Switch will be announced by the end of this month that I'm willing to put money on the line. If Pokemon Switch is not announced by the end of the month, I will support the WGG Patreon at the $20 level for the month of June. If it is announced, you don't actually have to send me money. Just thought this could be something fun to do. Best regards. So. I did him one better and said, Johnny, if you're willing to put money down, we'll put money down and we will donate $20 to the charity of your choice if you lose. Or if we lose, yeah. I mean. Mm. Um, and so he wrote back, of course, and said, Holy moly, we got a Pokemon Switch announcement just days before the end of the month. <laughs> Literally like one day before. <laughs> My charity of choice is Cure SMA. So that's Cure org. A bit of background on why I chose this charity, if you are interested. A close family friend of ours had a child born with type 1 SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, a disease that severely atrophies his muscles, including his heart and lungs. The doctor said he wasn't supposed to live until his first birthday. He is now 18 and about to graduate high school and will be attending college in the fall. Oh, and he is also an Eagle Scout.
3: Yes! He loves video games, though
0: due to... Yeah, were you an Eagle Scout, Brandon?
3: Yeah, i, I
2: Otherwise, still am an Eagle Scout. Scout a, a of sort of sort of sort of sort of sort of Eagle of sort of that's of sort of
0: sort of sort of sort of sort of sort of he of sort of sort of sort of sort of sort of his of sort of sort of sort of sort of sort of and of sort 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 of uh, hopefully, through the advancements of medicine funded by great organizations like Cure SMA and accessible controllers like the new one from Microsoft, he will be able to play video games himself one day soon hell yeah thank you for playing along with this fun little wager best of luck to all of you at e3 so johnny thank you so much for writing in we will be sure to send that donation over to cure sma if you guys want to learn more uh you can check them out at cure sma uh, so that's dot org. and also uh Johnny, if you're listening, hopefully you are. Um, If you haven't connected him with Able Gamers, I highly recommend you do so and talk to Steven over there. He is one of the best and maybe can show him ways to game that he didn't know about or hasn't considered. Uh, Just some food for thought. All right. So that is. I just say that I, the
4: only part that confused me about
0: this is they're like, and
4: I'm confident that Pokemon Switch will be announced and you're like, but they already said last
0: year that they were doing a Pokemon switch to so like what by your definition is an announcement of this game. I think what he meant was like the actual game was announced, which it was right. So well, let's go Pokemon. Let's go. Oh,
4: I thought I was thinking more of the core RPG so, that they didn't really announce a title
0: for. They were just like, is this coming. Steimer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to nitpick his bet when we're donating to no, a no, very, no, no, no. am totally donating to
4: charity. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying next time be more specific people if you want to do this. <laughs> no, no,
2: this it will get into this. This comes down to my reproductive system, Brandon. So last on our E3 <laughs> pre- prediction show Predict, I <laughs> I told Brandon, I didn't tell tell you this, Brandon, but I told our audience that if the Pokemon Switch title was coming out in 2018, I would lose my reproductive system. It would just fall out of my body because there's no way in hell it was going to happen. Well, the core title that was teased last year's E3 is not coming until the end of 2000, uh, the second half of 2019. So technically, and we'll talk about this more in depth. You don't, because it's a charity thing, 100%. Like, you take any, you would take Pokemon quests and you get your money. That counts. But for me and my reproductive system, it doesn't count. But we can get into that later.
0: <laughs> Continue. All right. So, the first announcement Nintendo, the Pokemon company, uh, Game Freak, uh, and Niantic uh. <laughs> announced several fun new Pokemon experiences coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2018, including one that's available right now. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Taking place in the diverse and vibrant Kanto region, this new pair of games is packed with adventure for Pokemon trainers of all ages. This is from the Nintendo press release. In the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee games, you will partner up with either Pikachu or Eevee, shock, and embark on an exciting adventure where you'll catch and battle Pokemon and meet other trainers and discover the region of Kanto. Pokemon and, uh, so, okay, the two Let's Go games will launch exclusively on Nintendo Switch on November 16th, 2018.
3: Let's go, Eevee! Brittany. <laughs> Brittany's face is so good right now! <laughs> but I can't. Wow. Tell if you if guys
0: haven't face, watched this at like youtube.com slash what's good games, now is maybe a good one to go to. <laughs> the, uh,
2: the, the, Thoughts? The,
0: uh, <laughs> there's a
2: lot here. This is like the biggest, fattest onion you've ever seen in your life and it has all of those layers. Um, how about, I mean, do you want me to break, how do you want me to proceed with this? Because we haven't even talked what, about how, the other stuff. What,
0: speak sure your heart. Wants, okay,
2: yeah. Just go, you, you just, just do roll. what you got to do. Okay, how about you continue reading down this list of news? Because I'm okay, going to touch on all okay. of this.
0: Sure. So, Pokeball Plus. I the controller a little bit. was specifically designed by Nintendo <laughs> to enhance the gameplay experience for aspiring Pokemon trainers by replicating the look and the feel of an actual Pokeball. Pokeball Plus allows players to control their journey by combining motion controls, a pressable control stick, and a top button to create a truly immersive adventure. In addition to motion controls, Pokeball Plus also lights up with a variety of colors, vibrates, and plays sounds and can even send one Pokemon at a time From Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee to Pokemon wait to poke to the other ones? To the other ones.
4: (laughs) Wait, no, like so you it will go in the ball from that game. So like you have a Pokemon in the ball and you can
0: carry it around with you. Precisely, what she said. It's also compatible with the Pokemon Go app, providing the same functionality. It will also launch alongside the games on November sixteenth. Uh you can connect to Pokemon Go by wirelessly connecting um to your Nintendo Switch, how that whole process works isn't quite clear. Wireless, Bluetooth,
3: it, Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah, the
0: way that they showed it on your Switch was that there's like going to be some kind of a prompt yeah. where you can connect them. But trying to go the other way uh, from your phone, from the Switch to your phone, I'm not sure quite how that's gonna. Quite how that's gonna work. But um also keep continuing on, there's of course Pokemon Quest, as Brittany mentioned. Set off on an adventure, the Pokemon Quest game. Venture out with your Pokemon buddies and expeditions across Tumblecube Island in search of loot and it's free to start, which is a weird term.
3: Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. Action,
0: action <laughs> adventure game for the Nintendo Switch system. Modify your Pokemon buddies with discovered power stones to make your expedition team. And like a bunch of other marketing mumbo jumbo <laughs> you can even decorate your base camp with fine items that provide helpful bonuses that make your expedition more beneficial in addition to all of this exciting content as Brittany mentioned the core rpg entry into the pokemon series which is hypothetically generation eight is slated to be released nintendo switch late 2019
4: pokemon all right, core. So how did i miss the pokemon quest thing they made pokemon minecraft no yeah well. Uh, it's like pokemon
1: <laughs> diablo that plays itself it's strange
4: but that looks like minecraft
1: yeah, yeah. it's very okay, blocky br- it should be called like pokemon blocks or something they, ca- like. they
2: call it like what's the term voxel is that what people call it but it's like po- they call it poke poke vexel poke i don't know what the fuck they called it poke had- would
1: be a sweet title pokevexel. pokemon quest is a strange title to me because you quest in every pokemon game so it's not like it's not like a twist you know
4: right, right, right. the so twist like, is, but this the- is something you've never seen before Which I wouldn't get just from the title. I'd be like, oh, this is just another Pokemon game. So, Brittany, break all this down for us. Tell us the good word about the Pokemons. Okay. So, I
2: I thought it was surprising to me that this whole thing wasn't live-streamed. Now, we all had an idea that this information... If you were privy and paying attention, that info was going to drop before the end of the month. And then as you paid attention to some of the leaks and some of the things people were saying... I, within like an hour, you knew this was going to happen, and then it was announced, and the, the conference went down. I was surprised it wasn't live streamed, but that's okay. Um, my plan was to sit down with a big glass of whiskey and watch it, and then I realized that I would have to go to Twitter for my updates. So I got very anxious, and I had to I walked like three miles while listening to this thing and around my neighborhood frantically, and it was really weird. Um, so as I was walking around, I was trying to like see what was happening, and then when Pokemon Quest was announced, which is, is that blocky uh game which I can talk a little bit about now cuz I played it or I can talk about in the hands on section whatever uh I was like okay this clearly is not the core pokemon title that was teased at last year's E3 they even I think prefaced this and this was a tricky part because everything was coming through twitter it was tricky to figure out what was being announced and in what fashion and in what order so some people were saying that they Prefaced it with hey, we're announcing three things. Some people just started throwing out announcements, so I'm like, okay, they're obviously announcing more than just Pokemon Quest. Thank god they did because I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. This is, I don't know what the hell this is. Okay, temper my expectations. Um, and Pokemon Quest, I'll talk about it hands on. So then, we then I continued my walk and I was sweating heavily because I was very anxious and very hot outside, and I was walking and then. <laughs> And then Pokemon Let's Go was announced via Twitter, and people were posting screenshots of it. And my first reaction was, This just looks like a much prettier 3DS version, which isn't technically a bad thing. But if you've been listening to me on the show, I've wanted something more realistic, something more Breath of the Wild esque when it comes to graphics and look of the game. And I saw this, and I'm like, Okay, this is just, you know, kind of what we're used to, but that's okay. So I was a little uh, clenchy and then people start the tweets started coming in and then the trailer came out and I was with my husband and we stopped and we're like watching this on the on our walk and when they started showing gameplay I was like okay you know this is interesting it's let's see what they do with this and then as soon as they dropped the whole co-op aspect that's when I was like. Fuck yes. I co op is something co op is something that I've wanted from a Pokemon game for a very, very long time. And I didn't think they would actually do it. And the fact that they did, I think is just freaking incredible. Um, I can break that down a little bit later. And then, um, I and then what else did they show that I was really excited about? I thought that the. and then they were showing the battle mechanics, which was kind of strange. And in the trailer, they also showed um, Nugget Bridge, Cerulean City. You saw some Centers in there. You saw Mount Moon. You saw the Clefairies in Mount Moon. And I was like, okay, this is... And then, you know, the rumor was that this was going to be, uh, a, like, not not necessarily a remake, but a spiritual reimagining of Pokémon Yellow. And so all of that made sense. And then it all started kind of coming together. Uh, the rumor had been for a very long time that they were going to make up an ex-Pokémon game with Pokémon GO. And this next core title, they're going to be integrated in some fashion. And everything kind of clicked. Now, this was before I saw the tweet about the next core title coming in this later half of next year. But even then, at that point, while it wasn't anything like I had hoped and like speculated about on this show, I was very excited about just the fact that there looked, it looked like they were taking some steps forward with the co-op specifically. And if you think about it realistically, I know I talk about Breath of the Wild all the time. The first major. Pokemon title, I think, from 3DS to Switch, you can't imagine a full-on re- reinvention of the franchise. I know I talked about it a lot, but realistically, like that's just hopes and dreams.
0: So, but why, but why not, though? Why is it hopes and dreams? Breath of the Wild was the first Zelda on the new platform. Sure, but if you look at the transition of how Zelda has evolved, I'm talking about from
2: handheld to console. I feel like they, they're going to play a little safe in that, in that transition. Do I think it needs to be that way? No, but that's just, I feel like, the trend when you see games go from, like, handheld to maybe console. Like, they're gonna play a little safe. That's just my...
4: I think they're gonna play it very safe. This is Pokemon.
2: Right. People, and so... People, like,
4: ex- know and expect
2: a certain thing. Right. I mean, if you look at, like, the Zelda's throughout console history, Breath of the Wild, you know, it was a big step forward. It wasn't, like, a huge, like, oh my god, this is, like, you know, linked to the past of Breath of the Wild in terms of, like, gameplay or, and whatever. Anyway, so... I was excited about the fact that they were taking some steps forward with the co-op. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's on console now. I think this will do really well. And, you know, fingers crossed for the next game. And then they announced the next game. And then at that point, it became clear that this wasn't that core RPG that we had been promised at E3 last year. This was just something a little extra. Kind of an introductory Pokemon title for those who maybe have never played Pokemon before. If you have Pokemon Go or whatever. And then at that point, I'm like, okay. So... Is Pokemon Let's Go the game I've been hoping and dreaming for? Absolutely not. That said, I know that there is the core title coming next year, and that's the one that I'm saving my critical eye for. Um, that's the one where I feel like they need to make the steps forward or take this big steps forward for the, for the franchise.
0: So as somebody who has spent a lot of time and dollars in Pokemon Go, are you, Super excited about the crossover between Niantic and the Pokemon Company with the Switch.
2: Am I super excited about it? No. Is it fun? Really? Sure. I mean, I think it's so, so I know the, uh, the attraction. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, the attraction for a lot of people, I think, with this whole collaboration is hey, you know, you can take the Pokemon you've caught on Pokemon Go and bring it over to Pokemon Let's Go. But for me, the majority of the fun of playing these Pokemon games is capturing the Pokemon myself, you know, for the first time and grinding a little bit and waiting for those rare spawns. So I don't plan on taking any of my Pokemon from Pokemon Go into Pokemon Let's Go. Maybe I'll try a couple just to see how it works. But I mean, otherwise, I have my full roster already. So it's, I mean, minus a few that weren't here in the uh, U.S. But
4: I think it's cool. Yeah, but cool. would they obey? They wouldn't obey you in the new game because your character or is it the same character? I don't, th-
2: I don't know. They haven't. You mean like your same Pokemon Go character? In Yeah. Is it the same Pokemon Go character, like your
4: avatar? Like, are you the same level then? I wouldn't imagine so. I because don't think if so. Because then you couldn't technically like transport, a, ho- I mean, you could transport a higher level Pokemon over, but they wouldn't necessarily obey your commands. Right. And so that's, that's part of it with Pokemon Let's Go we don't know about,
2: we don't know about the gym battles. We don't, we know a lot of things are going to be a little different. Um, this isn't a complete re- remake of Pokemon Yellow, right? Obviously, they have the Pokemon Go battle mechanics in this one, which means that you are no longer, uh, fighting Pokemon with your traditional four move commands. You are throwing your Joy-Con at the screen. Well, not throwing your Joy-Con
0: at I the hope screen. I not throwing it at the screen.
2: Acting <laughs> yeah. like you're going to. The
0: Pokeball is going to get thrown at the screen. Somebody's going to throw that thing.
4: That's yeah. why oh. you get the
0: wristlet. Oh, 100%. Like from the Wii days.
4: Remember that?
2: Yeah. Um, so I've talked a lot and I have a really big list of things that I can briefly like go through. These are my thoughts. I have them organized because I'm a jumbled mess right now. But if anyone else wants to pitch in right now, please speak.
0: Before you go through that thought, those thoughts, Brandon, what are your thoughts on Let's Go and its and its uh, integration with uh, the mobile version? Do you think that's smart or do you think that's gimmicky?
1: Uh, Both. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, like, gimmicky is not bad because, you know, Pokemon Go, they've definitely put a ton of effort into that. And I had a lot of fun with Pokemon Go and kind of sunsetted my time with Pokemon Go in a very, we, there was, it was a, uh, uh, a, um, a good breakup. You know, it was something where it's like, I put that on the shelf knowing that like I could invest more time with this. I'm not putting it down because I'm frustrated with it. I kind of knew when I first got it, became obsessed with it. I'm like, this will last two months and then that's it. Like, I, I love going to, like, you know, like, uh, places around, like, shopping malls and stuff like that. here, I go to Disneyland a lot, and so it's, like, I, I, I found myself at different spots being, like, oh, I, have t- I got that Pokemon Go game. This is perfect. I'm in a spot where there's just a ton of these towers that I can go by, and I love people. I imagine if you were super obsessed with Pokemon Go, this is, like, such a gift that you now get another opportunity to um, either, you know, not only transfer stuff, as, as Britt was saying, but, like, just be familiar with that format. Um and, yeah, it makes sense. I just wonder if this was maybe, like, another game, because I know Pokemon Stars was rumored for a while, and it doesn't seem like we're going to be getting that, like, a Switch version of Sun and Moon. And so I wonder if Stars was kind of in this, like, amorphous phase for a while, and then when it was clear that they were like, no, let's do Ultra for 3DS, and then this thing will become the Go Switch. And then, they, like, the teams kind of focus more on that. Um, but mm. uh, I think the main thing that bumps me out about this new one is... I don't want to throw every time. I hope there's like a button we can pick. I get the novelty of it, but if like I'm on a plane, you know, can like you imagine like <laughs> that person sitting next to you, like looking like what are you doing? And you're like, I'm are sorry, you having a spasm? I'm a sorry, I'm I just have to every Pidgey. time. Just, <laughs> we're holding, yeah, the, you know, Joy-Con's Pidgey. attached to the Switch, just shaking the entire device, like. Uh. It's interesting yeah.
0: that you bring that up because that's something that uh Tim Tim Gettys was talking about when we were talking about it on, on Games Daily. He was like, "Where's the turn-based battles? Like I don't want to be using the Pokemon Go battle mechanics throughout all of Let's Go. Is that going to be it?" Cuz it looks like when the trailer that's the only way that you battle pokemon is by throwing the mm-hmm. pokeball at them. which doesn't make any sense
4: because if yeah cuz if you're trying to battle someone at anything other than just capturing a pokemon like that has to be something different cuz you yes. wouldn't throw a pokeball at like i'm not going to throw a pokeball at brit's pikachu and be like ha like <laughs> got him sucker you can like, try. bounce yeah so maybe it'll be a nice mix of both where like cap- catching pokemon is that throw mechanic but it but bring back like a turn based thing for anything so, else I so yeah as far as we know right now
2: the pokemon capturing battling system is the basic replica from pokemon go right yeah. um you throw is this it whole game then just walking around
4: catching things and that's it <laughs> well the the gym it might be, not, the,
2: the trainer battles you have the four move sets so the trainer battles are going to be what you'd expect from like a regular pokemon okay, game okay good yeah yeah that's what i was thinking um no word on gym battles yet but okay okay. i'll just run through this real quick so first topic battle mechanics just what we were talking about so something i'm actually really happy with is that the pokemon are finally on the screen um a lot of pokemon go so this is cool because i would like to see this in future pokemon titles hopefully in the next one you will see the pokemon actually like doing something in their natural habitat acting the certain way kind of like the monsters in monster hunter You know, kind of just existing and doing their own thing. So I'm happy that they're getting rid of the tall grass aspect. And some points people have made about that actually is, you know, they like the grind for rare Pokemon because some Pokemon have really low spawn rates. Like Clefairy's and Mount Moon. I think the max spawn rate is like 10%. And so part of the the addictiveness was running around the the cave and then, you know, the, the battle music starts and then boom, it's a Clefairy. Oh my God. And it gets your adrenaline running. Whereas if you're just walking around and a fairy pops up, it's like, okay, is that very exciting? Um So some people are mixed on that, but I'm happy to see the Pokemon on the screen. Um I'm actually very excited about the Pokeball Plus. I'm excited to carry that bitch around with me and rock that. I'm not that. surprised by this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to have Pikachu noises on command. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so that was part- <laughs> in that trailer. The girl, she's like... By the way, the girl who meets her friend who has the amazing looking salad. I want that salad so bad. If you look at the trailer.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you want a salad? What? I like salad now. What a great detail. No, I know,
4: but it's still like not a thing. Cause I, I was going to the trailer, trailer
2: and pausing every minute and uh, every second, actually. And uh, I, I looked at that salad for a long hot and I was like, damn, that's a good looking <laughs> salad.
0: Now I have to look up this salad. <laughs> now I have to look at the salad. It was a real good mm-hmm. salad.
2: But yeah, so with the Pokeball Plus, you know. I don't understand what benefits you get from carrying your Pokemon around. Uh, maybe you level them up quicker. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe um, they just become your best friend. They just become your best friend, yeah. And she's, like, rolling it around on the table and, like, doing some weirdness. Make she's really... making him sick? No, I, I think it's supposed to be, like, a happy thing that you're actually interacting oh. with her. But it makes some really scary, lewd-sounding noises. And I'm like, damn, that's fucking terrifying. If there is like an earthquake or something and I'm sleeping and that Pokeball rolls around a little bit and it starts making those noises, that's not good. Like, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, So some of the big questions are, how do you level up your Pokemon if you're not battling? Because that's part of the grind, right? Is you want to fight other Pokemon? And there's other things you can do by fighting um, specific Pokemon, raising specific stats of theirs that you want to level them in. And they have said that they're not commenting on that at this point. So anyway, I could get real deep with this. Uh, Brandon. Yeah. What What are some of your hopes and dreams for this? Because I know you, we were talking about this, and you said that you had recently gotten to Pokemon. I know yeah, you said you're I'm, not a fan of the battle mechanics, but is there anything else that you're kind of like?
1: Eh. I'm just not very good at it. Like I, I, I can play it to the single player against the AI and enjoy it, but then you know, Kyle Bossman was kind of my my sherpa, like taking me through the world. And then whenever we would duel, he would just annihilate me every single time. And so like, I've never really been good competitively at Pokemon, but I'm trying to keep my expectations low, not in a bad way, but just that it's not going to exceed them beyond what Pokemon Go has already delivered. And I wonder if the reason that, I always try to speculate this stuff, that like the reason why they're not really getting into the details is because they're kind of waiting to see how their community reacts to this. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's an experiment, like A lot of – there's this huge community that liked Pokemon Go. We have this huge community that's waiting for the next RPG. We're not exactly sure where that crossover is and what those people are going to expect and what they want. And so based on what we're showing them, let's see what they freak out about, and then we'll know, okay, let's not do that. Mm -hmm. Or if we were developing that system, let's sunset that until later and really focus on the things that they want. Um specifically with leveling it's so funny because kyle is so obsessed with pokemon and yet he doesn't play go at all like i think he got it tried it for five seconds was like no and so he's just he could be really like have real hard lines do you think that that
0: that has to do with the fact that pokemon go required exercise
1: yes he he specifically (laughs) says he's like i have to go outside like no i'm not i'm not into this whole outside thing he's a drama queen um but uh and so, it's so funny for him to like, at, you know, he's like freaking out for the podcast. Like, what's CP? We're like, it's combat power. It's, it's complicated. Like, <laughs> he's like, what's candy? How does candy work? We're like, I don't know if they're going to use candy, man. It, it, who knows? Yeah. There uh, was
4: candy in the regular games. It just did a different um, thing. Oh, it was yeah. rare candy. Rare candy. Rare candy yeah. levels him yeah. up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I yeah. like to, yeah, when I was playing red, I just put every rare candy on my uh Charizard. yeah. I got him up to ninety nine. I love over leveling stuff in RPG.
4: Oh no, it's, it's fantastic. Too. And then you just and
3: then you just
1: like
4: sneeze okay. on the other person and you're yeah. they die. So, yeah. so I don't
1: need Let's Go to be anything. I can't really yeah. say if I'll probably spend that much time with it. Um just because I wanna be able to really I don't I don't wanna be sick of Pokemon or tired of it at all by the time that two thousand nineteen or possibly two thousand twenty game comes out. Um because I want that to really be something crazy new, Breath of the Wild level innovation within Pokemon, like that would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be nice. I don't
4: think I'm going to play Let's Go either of them. Obviously, I'll probably uh, play it. I don't know how much to play, but I won't. I'm not. I'm already tapping out of that. Just because, oh. like you said, I want. I want. <laughs> I'm going to like, wait. Nope. I want this core RPG. I will play that. Um, but Pokemon Quest actually seems like, tell me more about this because now I, yes. it has my attention because it's different. Uh. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're not going to play
2: Pokemon Let's Go, but you're going to play Pokemon Quest, Christine Seimer. Yeah. It's a
4: different thing.
2: I, I yeah, it is very different. And maybe. I
4: don't always want to eat soup. <laughs> Sometimes I want a salad. Uh, okay. Well, before we
2: hop into Pokemon Quest, I just want to talk a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Go
0: like,
2: ahead. I still have a this list is your of moment, right? I still have a list of things. I've been waiting for this game since I was eight. Well, not this game, but something like this since I was so eight long. years old. Okay. So, um, okay, actually, I think we've kind of talked on everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, Oh, walking Pokemon's coming back. I think that's really cool. Maybe not, but some people think it's cool. Some people don't. It was a cool mechanic that was introduced in some of the earlier games, and I think it was uh, Heart, Gold and Soul Silver, wh- where it was last fully implemented, where you have, like, little Pokemon that get to, like, walk behind you, and you get to interact with them. They can pick up candy, and they can flip you attitude if you piss them off. Like, if you take, like, your fire Pokemon through water, they'll get real mad. Actually, I think all Pokemon get mad at you if you take them through water.
0: What if they were a water type? Why would they be mad? Water- Whiny bitches. They're just bitches. Um <laughs>
4: just, Squirtle's like I don't like the water meh yeah. just <laughs> bitches what are you talking about you blow bubbles
2: <laughs> I got nothing that's a very good point Shrug. <laughs> lol shrug um, but the main thing I'm really super duper excited about is the co-op this has not been in a Pokemon RPG ever and like I was saying earlier this is something that I wanted didn't think it was going to happen and it actually happened I think it's going to be the second player is going to be more of a support character than anything so don't expect you know, you get to bring your Pokemon posse with you in another person's game. Uh, sounds like, I hope they have pro, pro, pro wow, I can't, pro I say, controller, pro controller support. support. That was really fucking difficult. Um, forest floor flavors. Forest floor flavors. <laughs> I know, I can say that, but not pro controller support. That doesn't make any sense. Um, cause it sounds like you can play this game with just a Joy-Con, which is why you can play it with the Pokeball plus peripheral in your hand. So it's not going to be super like button intensive or anything like that. Real simple to play. And you just shake a Joy-Con and you hop in your friend's game and it's all local. I think there's been confirmation of no online. I don't know if it's a confirmation, but there hasn't been any talk about online, like online hub for battling, which I think is fine. I don't think this game needs that. This isn't trying to be like the next core Pokemon title that's coming next year. So I think it's fine. So people can just calm down a little bit. Um, and this player can actually, your, your partner can fight with you against trainers. You can catch Pokemon together. You can run through things together. And maybe I'm just really excited about this because my husband and I played Pokemon Blue together like several years ago when we first started dating. We, we fired up the Game Boy Advance and we both played it as children. So, um, I think that I, the fact that he and I can actually run through some of these staples, cities and towns, um, From the Kanto region is just really freaking cool. And I hope this, this gets a lot of people to play Pokemon um, on the Switch because, and I think this will do really, really well because I want to see this do well and I want to see, you know, Nintendo make more games like this, more Pokemon titles on the Switch. And I have a feeling that's where it's going anyway. But if it gets a lot of numbers and support, I think that would be just freaking wonderful. I mean, there's 800 million people that have downloaded Pokemon Go. Like, that's ridiculous. I think I did calculations. Like, half a percent converts. That's like 4 million people, I think. So if those people, four more, 4 million more Switches, there's your 20 million, Nintendo. All right, I'm done. It's, yeah, it's, so yeah. it's
0: interesting that you bring that up. So we, we've looked at the numbers on Games Daily several times about, like, which of the Nintendo franchises sell the most. And even though Mario is obviously the number one, Um, franchise for nintendo pokemon is number two and it's crazy to me just how many units of pokemon have been sold worldwide across the lifetime of that franchise it's uh i've always known that pokemon was huge i didn't grow up with pokemon though i didn't really learn about pokemon until i was like in my 20s because I just didn't have any friends that played. I never played. It just wasn't part of my life. Like the only Pokemon I ever saw was Pikachu, right? Like the face of the, of the brand. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that now they're bringing Eevee up to really kind of give Eevee some spotlight and to really kind of showcase another Pokemon to have, have another mascot. Uh, do you think that Pokemon the, Let's Go could potentially convert people like me who've never played a mainline Pokemon RPG into getting into it. No, anybody?
2: <laughs> no, well, I say that really well because you're not into the Pokemon uh formula as it stands right now, anyway. Like,
0: if you're right, but Let's Go, but Let's Go is so far from what we've seen, not traditional Pokemon RPG turn based battle mechanics, right. Sure. So I guess it depends on how you're looking at this. So this game is being
2: created. Here's a a quote from the marketing manager. It says, everything about Pokemon, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee from the controls to the design to the art is made so that it's ideal to be your first step into the Pokemon franchise. And I think you can look at that a couple of ways like you, Andrea. Sure. You know, but I feel like you are looking for something different from Pokemon than what Pokemon already is. And if you, if the Pokemon you see on 3DS isn't making your panties all tight and twisted and glorious, then I can't see how Pokemon Let's Go would do that. Because <laughs> I feel like the, the appeal of, of Pokemon from an RPG perspective is the strategy and the moves and the leveling. And, you know, what moves are you going to learn? What moves are you going to drop? The evolutions. Um, This game, I don't think it's going to have that. I think this will appeal to those people who love Pokemon Go and they like the simplicity of it but they're willing to take that next step into an like baby's first RPG right? Pokemon and
4: uh baby ass baby mode of Pokemon yeah yeah
2: so I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people from that side but from like where you're coming from I mean I think you'll at least give it a shot and you'll at least try it but will you fall yeah, in love course, with yeah. it? I don't think so I doubt it yeah that's what I mean
0: yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I think what it comes, what it comes back to is that I just don't, like, turn-based combat is just not my cup of tea. I will play it in certain games and I enjoy it in certain games, but for the most part, like, I don't get, like, super excited. Like, as Brittany says, my panties don't get twisted about, <laughs> about turn-based combat. It's just, I, I like real time. I I like the action to happen instantly. Mm -hmm. Aren't you a big Mass um, Effect fan? Yeah, but Mass Effect doesn't turn-based.
1: No, it's not, but it is kind of like an interesting evolution of that. Like that's that's there is definitely is a fine line there that you 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 definitely okay, sit on one side of. The, so I think yeah. that's okay, I, no, I'm not I like calling you out saying, or anything. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating. Like that that, that you that.
4: hypocrite. No,
1: yeah.
3: no so I sad. honestly, Brandon, that's a
0: very good point. It's something that I I I don't really think about because I think the the turn based elements of Mass Effect's combat are so quick. They're slow in the beginning, and you have to be be a little bit more methodical as you're getting to know all of the different abilities and getting to know what your squad mates can can't do but once you learn it you can instantly fire off those abilities from a si- simple button press while the combat is happening whereas in pokemon the combat's always turn-based just this is why i've been struggling to go back and play final fantasy 9 is that like the combat sequences just take so damn long right that i i just i i lose i lose my patience with it
2: well, maybe but, you'll maybe you know, we didn't think you'd love Monster Hunter as much as you did, so maybe you'll hop into this and you'll be like, Holy true. shit, this is my favorite kind of Pokemans ever. Pokemans.
1: I think it's for Pokemon Go fans. I think yeah, it's as simple yeah. as that. I and think those they with they, they want nostalgia. they're they're leaving the breadcrumbs out for people to, oh, okay, yeah, I played Go, maybe I'll like this, and then they play this, and okay, you know, oh, maybe I'll like this new the big maybe this scale is for RPG. Those-
4: those poor people who live in rural america and cannot catch all the pokemon because they just don't have access to most of the pokemon in pokemon go so they're like here's just buy this for your switch
2: and then you can get them i'm really excited to see how this is marketed you know if they're really trying to capture the pokemon go audience they have to do some cool commercials and everything because it's hard i mean it's gonna be a hard sell you have to buy the switch 2.99 you have to buy the game 60 dollars if you want to get the pokeball it's another 60 dollars so you have to wonder, are people willing or are they going to be willing, um, you know, casual Pokemon Go players to plunk down that kind of money for an experience that they've never had before with Pokemon? I'm just excited to see I, what Nintendo does.
0: Yeah, I think they will because Nintendo's giving people a reason to buy the system more than just More than just Pokemon. And maybe, if we cross our fingers and pray to the Nintendo gods, they will do what they're doing in Japan, which is offering a standalone Switch without the dock, without the HDMI cable, and all the other rigmarole that comes with connecting it to your TV, where you just get the base unit with the Joy-Cons, and for, I think it's $50 cheaper. uh, By conversion uh, in Japan. But right now, Nintendo has said that it's only being offered there. But... Why wouldn't they offer that skew
3: other places? I would have preferred
0: that skew.
4: Right. I don't need a lot of people hooking that thing up to my TV. (laughs) That's just coming with me where I go. Yeah. That's smart. Exactly. I I can't imagine they
2: won't do that as a three DS eventually fades into oblivion. You know, people are gonna be like, Oh what I do, handheld. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Cool. Well now that we've been talking about Pokemon for go to the Switch.
0: For quite a while (laughs) Let's shift gears and talk about the apocalypse Okay That's right, ladies and gentlemen Bethesda has officially announced Fallout 76 So we saw some teases um, From the Bethesda Twitter account And they came forward today With an announcement trailer Of the Tricentennial Vault Official Vault of the Tricentennial Is what I meant to say uh fighting has stopped and the fallout has settled. You must be rebuild, which is a quote from the trailer. Reclamation day. In Vault 76, our future begins. So Jason Schreier over at Kotaku uh wrote that although the studio hasn't yet said what it is, we hear it's an online game of sorts. From what we've heard, this game is under development at both Bethesda Game Studios main office in Maryland and the Austin office, formerly known as Battlecry Studios. That Austin office, which started in 2012, was making a hero shooter called Battlecry before Bethesda canceled it. And we'll see more of the game, of course, at Bethesda's E3 press conference on Sunday, June 10th. Jason followed up to this story with that, with uh, more news saying Fallout 76 is in fact an online survival RPG that's heavily inspired by games like Daisy and Rust, according to three people familiar with the project. Originally prototyped as a multiplayer version of Fallout 4 with the goal of envisioning what an online Fallout game might look like, Fallout 76 has evolved quite a bit, Over the past few years, those sources said it will have quests and a story like any other game from Bethesda Game Studios, a developer known for media RPGs like Skyrim. It will also feature base building, just like 2015's Fallout 4, and other survival-based and multiplayer mechanics, according to his sources. One caution that the gameplay is rapidly changing like it does in many online service games, but that's the core outline. The game is named after the series Vault 76, which has been mentioned in both Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. And according to Fallout lore, the Vault 76 was meant to open just 20 years after the nuclear war, allowing for a far less civilized setting than previous games. Fallout 3 and 4, which are full of cities and settlements, both take place over 200 years after the war. Much of the population has had time to reconstruct human civilization. Fallout 76 will feel very different. As the narrator of the trailer says, when the fighting is stopped and the Fallout has settled, you must rebuild, as I said at the top of this chunk of text. So, other people have noticed that the Pip-Boy... That is shown inside the trailer shows a date that is set before any of the follow games. So, word on the street is this is a prequel? Question mark? Question
4: mark? I mean, is it really a question when it says right there that it was supposed to open twenty years after the nuclear war, which is far sooner than any of the other games?
1: Was well, supposed no. to, but then it did two hundred years later, I think, or yeah,
4: yeah. Well, what? so I think no, the Fallout, assumptions... Fallout three and four are two hundred years.
1: Yeah, I think this 76 was supposed to open 20 years, but then the game actually takes place. So if if it takes place, if it's a prequel, it might just be like a little bit before. I don't know. It depends.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell by the verbiage being used here if it's like if it actually opened or if it was meant to open just 20 years. And so it's hard to tell from this announcement trailer if some of these images we're seeing are stuff that has been taken out of the vault or stuff that is shown before the vault is sealed it's kind of hard to know what's happening so i think this is interesting because clearly you know jason schreier is known for having good sources i want to believe that his sources are telling him the truth um people have been pulling bits and uh, tidbits out of every frame by frame slice of this trailer <laughs> which is britney did with the pokemon go salad uh, <laughs> And so I think we're going to see more fan theories come to light, but clearly, you know, the, their press conference is now just a week away by the time the podcast airs a week and a day. But I think it's a, I think it's an interesting conversation to have about what this fallout is going to be, knowing that fallout four, a full mainline game in the franchise came out just three years ago. This doesn't seem to me like it's going to be another iteration. I don't even know if this is going to be a fallout new Vegas. This to me feels like. An Elder Scrolls online version of Fallout. Mm,
4: well, yeah. we don't know yet, but <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we don't know we don't. shit. Um, we, like the trailer they showed is just like an empty vault, <laughs> which tells you nothing. Um, although it looks like fairly well intact, but there's also no one there. Um, so I'm curious to see like what the story is of this because, like we said, theoretically Vault 76 was a control vault. So there was no weird shit going down in it like it should have been a regular normal asphalt. Um it was supposed to open 20 years, did it. Who knows. We'll figure that out hopefully at E3 or beyond. Um so I'm just curious to see like how an online element comes into this like or are is like are there other people in this vault? Like are, are you hanging out with them? Is that going to be you guys? Like are we chilling in this stupid vault in the middle of nowhere also (laughs) i want to say fallout force building mechanics were terrible they were not good they were not a thing that i want more of so i hope it's better please make it better dear god <laughs> i
2: didn't play enough of fallout 4 and the building mechanics still form a concrete opinion i remember not minding the building mechanics but it wasn't something i went back to and was like really excited to do over and over again i am um, i definitely was not expecting a core fallout announcement like you said andrew it's been only three years and i'll be I will raise hell if we get a new Fallout before we get a new Elder Scrolls, because hot diggity damn. Um,
4: They've already said, go play the MMO.
2: That's their Elder Scrolls, and I think they're sticking to it, because we got this. Well, no. I I gotta get my Elder Scrolls 6 in. You see, I don't care what the developers say. They don't know know what they're talking about. Yeah, I I got you. I got you. Anyway, that's my hopes and dreams. But I think a lot of people are in denial. They're like, "What? Did, this is totally a core game." And it's like, well, if you've paid attention to Jason Schreier in his history, he he knows what he's talking about. Not to mention, on Reddit, uh, there was someone. I mean, take this with a grain of steimer, if you want. But there was someone <laughs> who at four thirty this morning, a couple hours before this announcement was official. Someone by the name of So May S O M E H posted that Bethesda is announcing a Fallout fault 76 and it came true obviously and then this person said it's going to be a game surrounding the base building element and then he said i'm just a guy with his ear to the ground this is what i know it's a full game it's centered around base building camps etc and it's online it will be fully released
4: this year um uh, so that's my like when i heard the name fallout 76 uh my initial thoughts are not a core title because the of the naming alone sure. And then when when they were talking about a lot of it, like they mentioned rebuilding a lot, obviously, which makes sense if you're one of the first vaults to open, you got to rebuild your job, you yeah. got to rebuild. And so that's my my a thought was exactly like, okay, we're gonna have to build more. Oh no, because like, <laughs> no, see, <laughs> at least with at least with consoles, um, it was just a really frustrating. It was really frustrating to build. It might have been different on PC. It probably was. Probably was much better, but. Like, you would try and build something. And I just remember, like, trying to place anything. You had to, like, leave the house and then switch a thing and then go back up into it. And I was just like, I'm just not even doing this anymore.
2: You're done. Done, done, done. So... For me, like, I've never been able to get into a follow game. The post-apocalyptic setting, unless it's zombie-related, it just turns me off. It's like trees in video games. It's you don't like brown? Good. I don't like I don't like the brown atmos- the atmosphere. There are no settings. trees. I know, There'll but... There'll be no trees. <laughs> but post-apocalyptic, like I said, with machines and shit, there's no... I mean, there is fantasy escapism. That's not the world we currently live in, and I understand it very well could be. But uh, I'm more of, like, a fantasy kind of girl. So, I... I'm looking forward to this because I feel like if there's an online component, I can play almost anything because that gives it so much more entertainment for me. And is it weird that my first thought was, "It could this be the state of Decay two I wanted but didn't get?" You know, oh. I, I I haven't talked about State of Decay two really mm-hmm. yeah. on this, but th- that's kind of what I wanted, um, and that's what I'm hoping for something along those lines if it is base building. But anyway, Brandon, what do you think? Am I off my could Be Fortnite.
1: This could be Fortnite. What? It's going to be Save the World from Fortnite. It's, you're going to have oh, a save base. Save the
4: World from Fortnite. I was, like, have, I was like, Battle uh, Royale, yeah. what? <laughs> like, Ever, we already well, killed maybe. each other. I'll that's be- kind of why we're here. It might not have here. Battle
1: Royale at launch, but I'm sure they're going to keep themselves open to up to that. You're going to have your own base that's going to be right outside the vault that you're going to defend just by yourself. You're going to be able to upgrade over weeks and months and slowly adding to this one central base so that base gets more elaborate and you get more abilities and stuff like that. Much more streamlined than Fallout 4. So, like, I think that's the point is... They heard loud and clear the criticism Steimer for of, 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 like I was kind of interested in four, and I was like, Oh, that base building looks neat. And everyone I talked to was like, no, no, no. Like, if that's the thing you're excited about it for, you're gonna you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> so I think just like in in Fortnite, you're gonna have maybe one or two bases, depending on where you're at, and the further you get out into the world to constantly be improving, and then that experience is gonna be offset by a quick run and gun build, like they also do in Save the World, where you're gonna like run into a spot. Build a thing to protect something or protect some people. Defend it from monsters coming in, and then get your loot at the end of that mission, and then rinse, repeat. um It just, it. I think it just meant like, the second I saw rebuild, I was like, oh, Fortnite. They they saw basically yeah. this. They're like, oh, we can adapt what we were already doing of this formula to something. I think it might. I think be prepared that it might not look as good as you would expect a next a a, a Fallout Four follow up. You know, to look. Oh, I
4: think it's going to look the same.
1: But I think what's gonna what's gonna benefit that is they're gonna put more time into making the building stuff accessible and quick and you know, just wooden wall, just latch it on there, and then when I'm out in the world, I can just, yeah, tower, boom, be able to do that really quickly, but when I'm back in my private base, maybe that's a little more intensive. No, I actually want this workbench to be here and I'll put my dog house over here and um
3: Aww, that's but fun. I wouldn't
1: be yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's interesting to compare this to the Pokemon announcement that we got where these like, oh, that franchise I love is releasing a game that, oh, okay, kind of looks like a middle of the road experience where it's not necessarily that big title that I wanted. But like, maybe this could be because I have zero history with Fallout. I've like worked on Fallout features over the years as a journalist, but like never actually got obsessed with any game in that series I think like the the mobile game was shelter. It was like the most, Shelter was pretty great. The many, the most hours I've put into a fallout game. And so this might be kind of that bridge for me, much more so than Pokemon to, uh, uh to get in there because I am horrible at battle Royale and, and Fortnite, but the single player part of Fortnite I've loved and have played, uh, a lot over the last couple of years. But that's my, that's my two cents. That's my bet. That's
0: a, that's an interesting, is an interesting take. Um, I I think the reason why Fallout maybe doesn't resonate with people like us who are more into the Elder Scrolls franchises from Bethesda um is because I feel like there's never like uh, the personalization like no that's not the right word. I think th- there's not something that I can connect with in the Fallout world. And I thought there's something about the world of Elder Scrolls that feels more realized, that feels more immersive, and I feel like I can grab onto more like it like visceral, identifiable. Almost.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got I mean, there's just more options yeah. in the Elder Scrolls. You can pick your race, you can pick like fun powers, you can kind of like mess around with combat a lot more. Fallout's much more streamlined in that sense. Like you're a human, enjoy. And then also here's a bunch of guns. Like that, like that, you know, you can't like shoot fire from your hand, which is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so
3: I mean, but I, I, was I do rage. love
4: both franchises, to be clear. Um, But for this, I mean, when they were announcing the thing, I was kind of like, I knew it wasn't going to be another follow up. And even if it was, even if in some weird ass universe, everyone at Bethesda hauled ass, made a brand new like Fallout 5, I wouldn't want it yet. Like it's, it's too soon for me. I need time to like <laughs> marinate because <laughs> it is such it's such a sort of like depressing, shitty world. <laughs> like they, it's not a place where you're like, man, I really miss like walking through the wasteland, looking the at everything being destroyed. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm I find it interesting what you what you guys have said, especially you, Britt, with the like this. Maybe this is gonna scratch that state of decay itch. Um because i'm like oh okay yeah i could maybe see it for that for sure
3: mm-hmm. hopefully
4: because as andrew and i will talk about later we played more state of decay together
0: oh and it was real mediocre yeah, yeah that's a good that's <laughs> a good word to use mediocre it was real mediocre talk about that. yeah um but i ended up staying up until 3 a.m that night, timer we'll talk about it <laughs>
3: uh
0: <laughs> Next announcement in the week of announcements Lego DC Super Villains is coming. So this is another one of those Walmart Canada leaks that has now come true. We're going to have to go to Canada. A tally mark of which of these, uh, actually, um, of all of their things that they leaked, actually ha- happens. So, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on October 16th. And for the first time, a LEGO game is giving players the ability to create and play as their own DC supervillain throughout the game. The character becomes the center of the story while teaming up with an iconic variety of villains to adventure through the hilarious and original story written in collaboration with DC. I'm into it. So- Yeah, I mean, TT Games sounds fun. knows what they knows what they're doing, and it's time for Lego to come to Switch. Yeah, I hope it's not like I hope it's the same thing across all platforms
4: because sometimes they're Switch isn't really handheld though, so I think it'll be okay. It's one of those things where like sometimes they had that version but on a more portable system and it wasn't quite the same. Mm.
1: I think it's ready. I think it'll be streamlined. Yes, it's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, I get like stick of truth vibes from like creating your own character and having the universe react to your character. Like, I hope it's kind of funny like that. I hope Joker. I hope the villains are like not into you, you know, and like give you a bunch <laughs> of stuff and just say that like your your gimmick is stupid and your your costume is dumb and like I you know I'm looking forward to you kind of being like a, sticking out like a sore thumb.
2: So like what are you guy and gals <laughs> most excited about? Because honestly, like this is something I just don't have that much interest in. It could be because I'm just not really a superhero, super villain kind of chick. So but you love co-op games. How have you not been into these games? I've played Lego games before and they're fine and they're fun. And I just, it's been a long time since I've played them. And so I'm just kind of like, do I want to hop back in? Have they made any major changes since I last played them like 10 years ago? Is it the same thing? I just
4: personally like villains way more than I like heroes, (laughs) which should not be surprising for anybody. But, um, but, and like the fact that I get to make my own, hell yeah, I want to make my own villain.
2: And And they, and the world reacts to what you create is what it sounds like. Is that what what you're saying, Brandon? Oh, okay, okay. I don't
1: know. That was my, yeah, that was my take. Yeah, we're gonna gonna obviously see
0: more about this at E3, um, because Warner Brothers is hopefully gonna bring this game to E3. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like a lot of the stuff that's happening and that's getting announced over the next couple of weeks, a lot of it is just to, like, get the announcement out in front of the noise of E3, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna get, you know, a deeper dive into most of these titles. Hopefully, fingers fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> so, um, next announcement. Speaking of hopefully getting a deeper dive at E3. <laughs> Sega has announced Team Sonic Racing is Finally. coming this winter to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So, this is being developed by Sumo Digital players can race as a team and work together using various moves and special items aka wisps to aid their teammates ahead and get ahead of the competition the game will support both online multiplayer and local co-op with up to 12 players per race four player split screen support included there will be an introductory story centric adventure mode that will be available for players to familiarize themselves with the game and its wide array of characters team sonic racing will boast a roster of 15 playable characters from the Sonic universe, including Sonic, Tails, and Shadow. (laughs) How amazing would it be if Sonic wasn't in this game? (laughs) And it's called Sonic Racing. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. It would be a a really big troll (laughs) move. I'd be into it. Um, Along with specific types, uh, be it power, technique, or speed, the game will also feature various customization options, allowing players to adjust the performance and look of their vehicle. So, Brandon and I got a chance to try this. We can't talk about it yet, but... (laughs) Sonic that's- racing, y'all. It's a thing that's happening. It's a thing that's happening.
1: Sonic, yep. the, the previous games were good. Yeah. They were fun. Uh, were they- D- Disney Infinity played played brought on racing Sumo years. Digital for the racing stuff in Infinity, R. Uh, RIP. Piece. Uh, oh, because RIP. Because of their pedigree. Like, I remember it was fun meeting that team through that game and having them be like, yeah, we just love racing and we love doing fun things. And the, the team aspect, I think, is a promising addition.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Differentiates it a little bit. Yeah, and there's also all those rumors going around about the next Star Fox game and how it's going to be like a racer-slash shooter of sorts, and I mean, I'm sure there are Star Fox fans out there like, ah, but for me, if I'm going to get into a racing game, and there's, I mean, I like Mario Kart just fine, but I kind of lose interest very quickly, but if there's some sort of like co-op adventure aspect of it, I think I'm much more likely to try it out, and that's... Honestly, the only reason why I'm interested in Team Sonic Racing is because of that announcement. So I think that's cool. Go team! Bra Sis Boomba! Go
0: team! (laughs) How you doing, Andrew? Renee? Listen, it's been a long couple of weeks mm-hmm. going into mm-hmm. E3. My my brain's a little mushy. Uh,
1: I still haven't slowed down since Judges Week. Literally since Judges Week happened, <sighs> I'm still going. Like, I still haven't had that day where it's like, wow, I'm not doing anything today. Like, no, I'm not complaining or anything. Yeah, it's no. just like, woo.
0: It's that it time of the year. A
1: little, a little Listen,
0: I'm, I'm right there with you, Mr. Jones. It's been a whole month and there's more to do. And yeah. more to talk about in the news, if you can believe it. Um, so this is something I wanted to include because I would love to hear what you have to say, Brandon. So Intellivision is making a new console. <laughs> does this sound unfamiliar? Unless you're of a certain age, it probably does. Yeah. <laughs> Intellivision Entertainment is proud to announce that it will bring the concept of simple, affordable, family, and fun – all capital letters there, ladies and gentlemen, the press release. Back into homes across the world with the introduction of a brand new home video game console. That's real cocky. Just that dude listen, cool. just that line alone makes me roll my fucking eyes. Oh. Are you are you kidding me right now? If I wasn't trying to actually relay the news, I would just stop right there. <laughs> but yeah. let me let me go on. The new Intellivision system, named TBA, will carry on the company tradition of FIRST with its new concept, design, and approach to gaming. Video Games Live creator and 30-year game industry veteran Tommy Tallarico has been named president... Of in television entertainment, as the company turns its focus on rebranding and reimagining for the 21st century, while paying homage to its legacy roots, details of the new console will be released on October 1st. So details.
3: Then
1: Why did no, you even tell us now? Tell the, uh, okay.
0: Yeah, no. I'm like, WTF? What are you doing? Baby, shut uh, up. Dean Dean <laughs> Takahashi over at uh, Venture Beat, who has been covering games for quite some time, provided a little bit of context. He says that uh, Rico relaunched the Irvine, California-based company, uh, as in television entertainment. He is serving as president alongside some of the original team members. Originally released in 1980, the Intellivision console and its successors sold millions of units over three decades. The new Intellivision system will carry on the company tradition, as they mentioned in their press release. And uh, Rico said, quote, I see a huge gaping hole in the market now with families in the home. What? We'll not many holes. What would that be? We will be focused. We will not try to compete with Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. That would be insane. And we would need one billion dollars.
1: <laughs> you need more than that.
0: What? I, I, okay. <laughs>
2: you're, <laughs> you're,
4: you're,
2: you're not trying to compete with Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, but you say that you're seeing a huge gaping hole in the market now with families in the home and that you're bringing the concept of simple, affordable family and fun back into homes. Like, what are you doing, sir? And we're going to be bringing you a bunch of quote-unquote yeah. firsts. Sorry, I, th- I think I'm think i with you, Andrea, what you're saying. This just sounds real cocky, real like, hey, I guess we're doing a really cool thing, but we're not going to talk yeah. about it for five months. Right.
4: Also, like, your company sorry. was garbage, and, like, so maybe don't be like, talking about how you're co- carrying on the company tradition of firsts. Like, your company stopped existing. Man, sorry, I didn't
2: mean to get so fired
4: up. Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> I don't know why I'm oh, fired I'm super up. I literally up. don't care about this, but I just think it's funny. <laughs>
1: this is frustrating because i'm sure the product will actually be cool i'm sure this is something that given the right amount of context in the right time uh we could be excited about but like leading up to e3 to have a tease to a countdown to an announcement of an announcement of an announcement you know just like just give us the damn thing whatever it is like this again just like whatever this equation is for every game always just will fascinate me forever like i think in this situation you have a two-month gap you just flat out announce every detail about it Put it up for pre-order sale on Amazon. Two months later, it's in stores. Done. Yep. Like you don't do this weird build up to a build up to a build up. Like like Nintendo didn't do that. And this is obviously building on the success of the NES and the SNES Classic. Right. And of course, mm. there's rumors of a 64 Classic. Like whenever that's going to happen. And so it makes sense for you to do this. Like I th- accessibility for a lot of this stuff is fun. I think. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of eager parents out there that want to show their kids, like, this is what, you know, dad or granddad was playing, you know, when we <laughs> were young. We liked in television. And if I can't get it or see it, or if it doesn't even have a title, not the time to open up the conversation about this. Like, I, uh, it's I only think- going to hurt you in the end. And it's, for us, it's a bummer because I'm sure that the box itself will actually probably be kind of cool.
2: Also, Tommy, he, I, I knew that name sounded familiar. I think he was the creator founder. Oh, you already said video games live in the press release. I, didn't, I totally missed that. Yeah, he's, great. That. he's yeah, very he's great. And, and the shows he puts on phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, I, wow. Did not did not see that coming. Yeah. OK, I think I think
4: Weird like you said, they should have waited to Weird. talk about this at all and then just been like, boom, couple. Yeah, like right before it tell like show me what it looks like. What's going to be
0: on it? What is what is it? Yeah. Literally, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was interesting kind of seeing the industry react to this because I know we're all coming off on it pretty negatively, but um, Casey Hudson, who I follow, um, if you guys don't know, who works at Bioware, uh said, Congrats to at Tommy Talarico, named president of Intellivision with a new console in development. That was my first game system, so I'm really interested to see where this goes. And that was after they made this announcement this week. Um, It's interesting kind of like looking at the varying degrees of people's um, personal interactions with the original Intellivision system, Um, but I just – I think the reason why it's kind of rubbing me a little the wrong way – is this idea of bringing the concept of simple, affordable family and fun back into the homes as if no one in the industry is doing that. And that's exactly what Nintendo is doing. I mean, the Nintendo Switch is simple, affordable family and fun. I guess if yeah. you want to really nitpick on that word affordable. Yeah, the affordable, we, maybe we, not. We could, We could. <laughs> but that right? depends on how much this thing is.
1: I right. tell you, Andrea, the desperation I see in the youth of America, they're just starving for entertainment, you know?
3: Oh, yeah. There's I see lot, them with their iPads and do. mobile
1: phones with nothing to watch or play. Like, Come on. No photos to take. What?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I, that's, I think that's, I think that's it, point? too. I think that's exactly what it is. Like, I want this thing. I want Tommy to succeed. I hope this does well yeah. for him. Like, yeah. don't, no ill will. But it's just the cockiness and the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever this of was, of this that it's like the tone deaf is like wh- what? Like, was
4: maybe not the optimal way to announce your thing? Yeah, that's all. That's because all. again, I have no horse in this race. Like, no. I won't buy this thing. I have zero attachment to television as a brand. I was too young for that. <laughs> so, yeah, not that I'm young. I'm old. Yeah, you're not old, Simon. I just Shut like up. missed. I was no, I was like Super <laughs> Nintendo. That's my jam,
0: television. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and television, get out of yeah. here. All right. Well, I don't. Oh, there's clearly like more news this week, but I mean, we could we could, Anthem, it, we could... I Anthem. Ho- I swear to God, if Anthem announces anything tomorrow, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> they
4: just put out a tweet today that's like decoding, decoding, and I'm like, wait, what? No, you yeah. keep it in your pants.
0: Also, if you've been watching, if you've been watching, so, so I follow a lot of the people on the Bioware team because I've interviewed so many of them over the years and they know that I'm a big fan. And so Casey has tweeted, Casey tweeted, the team is putting in an amazing effort getting Anthem game ready for EA play. The best part for me is seeing how it's coming together every day. Can't wait for you to see it all soon. And then I was tweeting with, uh mister Mike Gamble, who is a producer over there. What did he say? Um He said something. He said
3: He
2: said oh my God, gosh, I'm a gambling police. man. I'm gamble and I gamble with my well, ma- oh, never mind. <laughs> I was, that was, <laughs> yeah, with your mind no i don't know <laughs> oh no that gosh. was gonna go somewhere where i didn't mean to. i like mike he's a fantastic human i didn't know he's oh, wonderful he's wonderful yeah he said I, I don't he be said weird.
0: EA play is going to be wild i like, can't wait to see you there maybe you'll learn a thing or two about this anthem game so they're all being super coy yeah. right now about about it but this was my most anticipated game of 2018 um so and obviously ea was like lols <laughs> it's not coming <laughs> in 2018 anymore yeah. Um, but uh, we've talked ad nauseum about how we're all Bioware fans and about how you all love Dragon Age and I love Mass Effect and you love Mass Effect and I love Dragon Age and we're excited for it. Brandon, do you like Bioware games?
1: I do like Bioware games. I was indifferent to Knights of the Old Republic back in the day because I was a big Star Wars fan, but there was not really, ironically, I didn't like the turn-based nature of it. And uh, I remember, like, being like, this is 800 years ago and the droids look the same. What's going on here? Like, I had a lot of really nitpicky, stupid, like, opinions about KOTOR. And, but then really, like, Dragon Age 1 and, like, Dragon Age 2, I think the combat was my favorite thing about 2. And Mass Effect has always been that shining game on the hill that I'm just, like, one of these days. I'm waiting (gasps) for that Mass Effect remaster. I'm waiting for that remaster, Andrea. And then it's, like, it's time, you know?
0: Are you telling me that you You haven't played it?
1: I played Mass Effect One for about three hours, oh. and then like didn't didn't like put it down. Was just like somehow I just played another game. Like uh, when what? I was on the th- during the 360 era, I was playing so many games. Like the 360s probably my yes. most prolific like years in games where I was just consuming so much stuff.
4: Yeah, that's the same for me. Never really, but I finished Mass Effect One eight times. Yeah. Just so you know.
1: Yeah, but it has like, nothing to do with time. not liking it. Like, and I talked to, and I, that reaction is, I probably more than any other franchise in the business, I get that reaction of like, uh, you know, you I, haven't, like,
0: it's fine. Okay, I, I understand that there's a there was a lot happening on the 360. Right, one Especially of the best consoles time. of all time. Right, but. This is one of those things that you gotta go back. And they're all on backwards compatibility on Xbox One right now, Brandon. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, it's That's not like there's good.
0: anything else coming up or playable right, right. now. So you may as well yeah. just hop into three RPGs for,
1: if know you know want to
2: play Brittany, Brittany, you yeah. stopped, so okay,
0: no you stopped stop that right now. You, you, you should be encouraging Brandon <laughs> to jump into Mass Effect. You should not be discouraging. Um, I would recommend maybe looking up a couple ways to get through your optimal playthrough in the first se- setting. <laughs> Spoilers, no. Uh, yeah, nah, don't yeah. don't do that. Um, I did play through my total playthroughs of Mass Effect. I think I've played through all of the games collectively like twelve times. Um, not <laughs> like not each game individually twelve times, yeah. but between total. my playthroughs of one, between two, three. and three, like uh, too many playthroughs. Um, it's it's a the one of the most impactful series on me as a gamer in my entire lifetime. Certainly something that has stayed with me my entire uh career as a video game on camera presenter and reporter. I always go back to it as a reference. I also would love, would love, 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 love a remaster. Oh. I, I mean I would prefer a remake, but man, I will take a remaster on current gen. Backwards compatibility is a step, but it's not not oh. there i mean i would take a mass effect i, I would take a commander shepherd collection much like they did um you know the master chief collection for halo and they just included you know the master chief stories i would do that i, I would take i would but, play that i would buy that i would pay i would pay a hundred dollars for that wow but, yeah. holy but, crap
1: trying I to would. get uh, to get back to anthem it did uh bioware was um a Baldur's gate right Back in the day, yes. yes.
3: So yeah, was, like, I, 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 think I think Baldur's Gate, I think.
1: KotOR One, and Mass Effect Two were like the those the highest highs of that developer. And I would love if Anthem, especially after Andromeda, I would love if Anthem got them that success, that notoriety again. Um, especially because yeah, when Anthem's not necessarily my jam, like like it's not like right on the nose. I think it looks really fascinating. But when he's st- when he went underwater, I was like, okay. In that demo, like, I was like. Nothing. Go on. I no. uh, would would you like to know more? I was definitely uh, I think that the demo that we saw was very choreographed, which always um I get a little prickly when I see stuff like that, especially when you get like the dialogue of people like, "Hey Bill, did you get some cool loot?" <laughs> <they're> like, "Oh, <laughs> shut up with your script. We
2: talked about that on his show, hate, 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 a show hate, and hate, hate we actually
3: got
4: a, few, a lot of hate from that. People were like, "Don't make fun of us." And it's like, "We're not making fun of you. We No, just, we're not making fun. It was yeah, just like when they got a legendary item and they're like, oh cool, legendary. It's
1: it's poorly written. It's just fake. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. We, we don't is. we don't we don't live in like a fake era of games. We live in the Twitch generation. People want realism, they want to see that. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there was a great Sea of Thieves trailer, you know, you can that, that game has exudes all sorts of different emotions from people, especially after launch. But like they had a really great trailer in the campaign where you heard people playing the game and reacting to things for the first time yeah. and you can't fake that. Like once I once I get one or two trailers like that you know, you hear people playing something like Eve Online or something, and you can like really hear the excitement in their voices. Like, can't write a script and Right. I do a fake version of that, but uh, super Absolutely. promising. And I think, I think this, I think going into E3 2018, that's probably like Last of Us to Part Two levels of like, let's see that game in action. Like, let's see, no smoke, no mirrors. Like, yes, let's do it, Anthem. Like, yeah. Knock it out of the park.
0: Hopefully, you
3: can yeah. bang people. Oh
0: God, please, Ex- expectations are high, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know that's why I'm scared. T3. Um, don't be, let's, let's just like hope for the best. I'm going to send all my positive vibes out there. Exactly. To Um, Edmonton. So I have one more piece of news. I know this news section, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your patience. It was a monster week for news uh, leading into E3. We have one more story that I want to touch on before we take our first break. And it is PUBG Corp. (laughs) (laughs) Sue's <laughs> nah. Fortnite, publisher for alleged copyright <laughs> infringement. So this is something that I think we all saw coming because they threatened it way back in the day. Now they've actually gone through with it. So this write-up comes from Polygon. Uh, Julia Alexander over there says, PUBG Court says e- Epic Games copied its intellectual property. It's taking Epic Games to court in South Korea over accusations that they copied the IP to create Fortnite Battle Royale. Quote, this is a measure to protect our copyrights, end quote, said a PUBG representative. This isn't the first time PUBG Core has accused Epic Games of copying its designs on player unknown's Battlegrounds for the increasingly more popular Fortnite Battle Royale. The corporation filed an injunction in January against Epic Games Korea, according to the BBC. Epic is now accused of copying PUBG's Core's weapon design as well as the user interface from PUBG. While both games employ similar gameplay traits, Fortnite Battle Royale and PubG both drop one hundred players into a map and make them battle it out until only one person or one team is left standing. There are some notable differences between PubG and Fortnite Battle Royale. Fortnite encourages players to build forts and craft items in order to defend themselves, and PubG hasn't incorporated any building skills in the game.
1: his vehicles For, or really updated
4: yeah. much at all? <laughs> like wait, I mean, Fortnite? There you go. No, no, no. I meant PubG.
0: Oh yeah, yeah no, they like, really by, haven't and by done it. comparison. True. They're not doing very much. So while Fortnite has continued to grow in popularity, attention to PUBG has struggled to match the game's immense popularity. Epic's Battle Royale mode launched in September of 2017, just a few months after Fortnite's initial launch in July. Fortnite remains the most watched game on Twitch, according to analytics site Twitch Metrics, averaging an impressive 187,000 viewers in May. Which seems low, because I feel like that's yeah. what Ninja gets on like a nightly basis. That's a weird um, metric. I don't think that number's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even streamers like Dr. Disrespect have called out the player base jumping from PUBG to Fortnite. <sighs> cool.
4: But but I guess <laughs> what I found Disrespect. weird about what you just said is that it was like on the basis of the weapons being similar. And I'm like, but PUBG's just guns, just like military guns. Like, and Fortnite's gone to some crazy, like the rocket launcher with pumpkins. Like, what you what? <laughs> like, that's not a thing. That's, that's not the cart I'd hitch my horse to.
1: Maybe just thing. how you unlock them and the tiers of guns, you know, like kind of like the hierarchy of how weapons are, how, how you get them, you know, and it sounds like the HUD. There's a lot, but this is, like, uh, yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm waiting for the document. I'm waiting for, like, the email, the smoking gun, you know, yeah. of, like, yes, but you sent us this email this one time, and then you directly put that in the game. Because when when Epic was developing Fortnite, we were playing PUBG. So, like, I don't know what secret meeting that Epic Games... I'm sure there was a lot, because they helped with Unreal, you know, so they 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 um, got their hands on a lot of tech, you know, to, to work on that. And so, clearly, there was, you know... Clearly, this was an idea that they had, not because they were just big fans of PUBG, but they were having meetings with them. So it is – there is a little bit of crossover, but, like, who knows? Who knows what the law is like in Korea? Who knows what the – yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark.
2: No, I haven't been I, following this was, as close as probably sorry, a lot go of – people. ahead. Okay, I haven't been following this as close as a lot of people have, but I just to give you a, the, the feeling – that PUBG is just real salty about a lot of stuff, you know? Of course. Obviously, right? It's like when Fortnite Battle Royale uh, launched, I remember there was like a press release they put out or something, and we talked about it on this show. And then, now obviously they're suing Fortnite, and then when Call of Duty announced their Battle Royale, I feel like they, I can't remember what their wording was, but they put out kind of a cocky, like a cocky tweet about it. And it's like, dude, just you do you. Improve your own game. Worry about yourself. Your game is janky as hell. You know, it, yes, timer, you're putting up a finger. It's a very, I'm very a finger nice finger. Only
4: because it. Thank you. I just got a manicure. <laughs> um, it's uh... They aren't incorrect in that they do need, like, if they have a copyright and they and they feel like someone's infringing upon it, they do technically have to like sue that person. Epic <laughs> sued a person. Epic sued a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do <laughs> that. Like, l- let us not forget when Epic Games sued a fourteen-year-old. So, um. If that's truly all this is, it's just them trying to, like, like, hey, we kind of need to do this because otherwise, like, we shouldn't have even had this copyright in the first place, <laughs> which is yeah. what I would argue. But um, I don't yeah. know. I'm not, like, mad at them for doing this, but I, I think it's not going to do them any favors in the public relations department.
0: No, you're right. I think this is, like, another – it's just making them look bad. I mean, over at Forbes – uh, there's an editorial from uh, Eric Kane, who's a contributor over there, and he is talking about how he thinks this lawsuit is silly and absurd. And one of his. Um, just two of the paragraphs and it says, the problem with this lawsuit is simple. You can't copyright a gameplay mode or genre. If this was the case, every tabletop RPG after Dungeons and Dragons would have been sued into oblivion. Every first person shooter after Wolfenstein and Doom would have also Mm -hmm. been hit with a lawsuit. It's like trying to copyright basketball or hockey. You can't do that. What you can copyright are assets, but many of PUBG's assets are simply ones purchased from the Unreal store. The game itself, which I enjoy and think is fun. Is just about as generic as you'll ever see. The island is big and brown and forgettable, and the character models and skins and items are generic and unremarkable. PUBG has nothing distinct about its world or story that will that would hold up in court. I think that's a little harsh, but also not totally inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If that's
2: what it is, if it's hey man, that's that's our game mode, rah rah rah, it's like okay, well doom should see everybody. Doom should just get everything. But, again, this is... I, I follow this, but I don't know the nitty-gritty details, and I'd have to refresh myself on that press release they sent out and that tweet they sent to Call of Duty, or about Call of Duty. But my overall I, uh, perception is just like, damn, dude, it's like, calm down. You're, you're- chill out. Chill, chill out. You're going to be fine. Just we'll fix your game. Make it better. There's room for... This isn't going to get... we are not going to be fine if they keep doing this. Well, no. You're going to be fine if you work on your shit, but the Battle Royale is not going away. Like, this is not a mode that's going away. So, it's just going to get more... There's going to be more and more. So, just, you know, focus on yourself right now. And it's easier yeah, to Yeah, they should be, like,
4: more focused on, hey. on using the fact that they were, like, the first... Or one of the first. Like, really popularize it. And, like, use that in your marketing. And, like, use it to improve your game. Also, make your game free to play. Like, there's so many things you should be doing right now. Yeah. And... I just don't see a lot of movement yet. Maybe they'll come out with an announcement soon and they'll be like, here's all these wonderful changes.
0: Yeah. And this co- go Hooray! Exactly. This just goes back to like when, what I said when they originally were like, we're planning on taking legal action against them. And then it kind of like set Fortnite off on this like crazy yeah. upward climbing. And then people were like, like Oh, let's popularity. check this out. I said, Pepsi doesn't pick a fight with Coke. Pepsi just exists alongside Coke and knows that Coke is
1: not a legal is, fight. Is there? Yeah.
0: And also, Coke doesn't doesn't even bother talking about Pepsi. They won't acknowledge Pepsi's existence. They're like, we're fucking Coke. Mm-hmm. But like, they both exist <laughs> and it's fine. And there's an audience for both. And there's Coke's got wrong pumpkin rocket launchers. They don't
1: need to mess with to that each other.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. This will be. I'm really curious to see how this turns out. It's gonna be. I don't idea. think it's gonna turn. Yeah. There's. It's telling that they're doing it in South Korea and not Mm -hmm. in the United States.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, Right? That's where the Mm. main PUBG core is. But yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, that's it.
0: Right. But I mean, if they want to really like go after Epic, uh, an American company, they would probably need to go after them in the United States would be my guess. But I think their office here is like 10 people.
4: (laughs) They're not lawyers either. (laughs) Are you
0: talking about PUBG core? I'm talking about PUBG core. Yeah. Like, their main campus is South Korea. Well, obviously, yeah, because they're a Korean company. But I digress. This is a bad look. Hopefully, it goes away soon. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break now. Thank you for hanging with us almost 90 minutes into the show. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we have games to talk about. Brandon and I played a couple things at Judges Week. Brittany's been playing some stuff. steimer has been playing some stuff. Um, So... Stay with us. We will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. This is where we're going to talk about what we've been playing, our hands-on impressions, and because we've got special guest Mr. Brandon Jones here who was with me at judges week just a couple weeks ago there's a couple embargoes that have lifted meaning we can give you our hands-on impressions of the games so the first one that i'd like to talk about is we happy few so this is a game that we heard about first but three years ago now i, think I feel it was like when they, a million, first million first years ago. maybe longer <laughs> It does feel like they've been talking about this game forever. So it went to early access on PC, closed early access. It was a really small test group of people that were playing it. And um it's supposed to be launching. Do we even have a launch date? I'm looking. I, I don't know.
3: I don't, know I don't remember. Oh,
0: my God. Let's you don't see have a launch here. date.
4: Stop talking about your game.
0: Um, <laughs> it says, over on Polygon, they say new players can get the game on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One for fifty nine ninety nine. But? Starting. Starting. Oh, the, pla- the game's full narrative is planned for release this summer as oh, part okay. of We Happy Fuse 1.0 update, which will be free to early access players. And new players can get it. So I guess this summer was when it's supposed to be coming out? All right. Brandon, has, his kitty keeps Unclear. hopping behind him, and it's real cute. Oh, the cat? The cat. That's Brandon's a cat, cat is making a, a, a starring role on uh, on What's Good Games this week. So, uh, for people who are unfamiliar, uh, We Happy Few is set in an alternate history 1960s era England, and its narrative nature has is a major departure from the game's origins um, and it's kind of like a roguelike survival adventure. So the story is about, they said, about 20 hours worth of gameplay, which is pretty big for a small team in a small game. And you'll play as one of three different playable characters. It has a very Bioshock vibe out the gate. Uh, the art style is obviously very different, but it kind of has that... Artsy, narrative-driven, exploratory, but scary and a little weird and creepy Mm -hmm. thing happening. The combat is where they diverge quite dramatically because the combat in Bioshock is chef's Mm. kiss amazing. It's very good. And the combat here is... Not as good. <laughs> it's, it's a hard OK. It's a hard It's OK. okay. <laughs> um, but I think the narrative elements are really kind of what shine here. So, Brandon, had you played this game in early access or was your hands on time at Judges Week your first uh, experience?
1: First time. I did have an extensive conversation with Daniel Bloodworth from our team, and he had played – Uh, The big, kind of crazy, open-ended preview. Yeah, this is one of those games that I thought was, like, out. I mean, I guess it was, because it was an early access. But it was a game that I had received so many details about, even though I hadn't played it. And so, when I found out that was at Judges Week, I was like, what exactly are we playing today, and how different is is this? And from what I hear, and from what I played, and what I remember, it was very different. Mm. um, The style. Yeah,
0: so we played about 90 minutes of gameplay. And in my notes here, I have... It has an interesting way of teaching tutorial mechanics. For example, if you sit down in a chair, uh, the character Arthur, who we were playing as, will say, oh, they can't see me when I'm sitting here with my newspaper unless I've already interacted with them. And then maybe they can. (laughs) And I was like, oh, is that you trying to tell me how to stealth mechanics with the chair? Okay, cool. Um, I have here feels very Bioshock with vending machines, searching toilets, rotten food, etc., Arthur gives a lot of info by talking to himself. Uh, There's a lot of kind of disturbing narrative bits that come around. So from what we played, it kind of feels like there's this narrative arc that's happening. I don't know the whole story, but there's something that happened with the Germans where all of the kids are gone. Like uh, the English people like voluntarily gave their kids away to the Germans. Now there's like no babies left in England. Is that kind of what you got from that, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get into the specifics of like what whose fault it was or what the yeah, what who the initial targets were. But yeah, we're definitely on the other side of some big restructuring of how society works. And I think what was interesting was from what I understand, what uh, Bloodworth checked out that was very much you in the system i think we played before was like the beginning of the game and i think it still is and we played something that was a little further along in the campaign and so what we played was kind of like on the other side of the the, the set if you will the facade of the society and so now you're kind of seeing people that live outside of that um, and kind of what you know obviously very poor very run down kind of like um you know not necessarily post apocalyptic but just kind of like you know going through the war torn ruins of a bombed city and just seeing these beautiful buildings and structures, but destroyed, and uh, you know, have it, the, the the nature has kind of overtaken some zones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the whole premise of a kind of we happy few is that the people who are left, who are surviving, are on this drug called joy, and joy is meant to kind of alter their brain so that they don't see the world for the reality that it is. That they are kind of in this like ethereal state or this euphoric state where they don't recognize what reality is and you are not on joy and you end up being cast out into the parts of the countryside where people who can't process joy because apparently there's certain types of people in this society who don't react with the drug joy and so that they're like kicked out of the villages and they're sent to like kind of like scavenge on their own in the countryside and fend for themselves. And so you kind of find yourself in this camp. And what I was doing is so this is all first person uh by the way so first person action adventure survival adventure game. Um, there's a lot of survival elements. So you have to carry a canteen to fill it up with water to get your thirst because thirst is a mechanic you have to manage. And then there's – um if you get injured, you have to manage yourself with bandages. But if you have dirty bandages versus clean bandages, you can get an infection. And if you get an infection, you have to find the specialty – that you have to make by crafting, by gathering components. And then there's food to replace your stamina. But if you, you eat, eat, eat rotten food, yeah, if you eat rotten food, it can give you food poisoning. And then you need to take another drug to fix yourself from that, or the food poisoning can kill you. There's like a lot of moving parts to the survival mechanics. And then there's also stealth mechanics, which seemed pretty basic. Your typical stealth, you know, you crouch, you can um, hide around objects. You can, if you kill somebody, you can hide their body. But you can also like not kill people if you prefer. You can throw bottles
1: do, to distract yeah, people.
0: Exactly the the distractions. If you kill people, apparently you get blood on your clothes, and other characters can see the blood. But there are certain items you can buy in the vending machine that will clean all the blood off of your clothes. Uh, okay,
1: so I didn't so do that. What if
0: you just wore red like all the time? <laughs> red. Right. Well, like dead or black. <laughs>
4: it's
1: more like viscera kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, like an esophagus here and some intestines there. Like.
0: How yeah. are you killing these people? Like there you can cleanly kill someone. Well, that's a good question about why why you're killing them. Uh, your motivations. So a lot of the narrative parts clearly they kept kind of vague because this was meant to showcase the gameplay because they don't want to spoil too many of the narrative elements, which, you know, I understand. I I actually really enjoyed my time with the game. There was the one kind of forced combat encounter that uh, we got into, which, you know, I'll kind of leave the details around that aside, so as uh, to not spoil it, but... It just the the combat still feels you know a little clunky, doesn't feel that great, but I liked the narrative elements of the game, and I really thought that this was a game that I would be intrigued to learn more and to find out who these other playable characters are and kind of find out what happens to the society and, and where you go. Brandon, kind of what were your takeaways?
1: My takeaways from this it was unfortunate because there was a lot I liked about the game and a lot that I thought would need some more polish. Or maybe there's some systems that aren't necessarily blending really well. The characters are really great. Uh, there's, I, I think everything is better when it's British, and so it's like there's just that great, um, you know, lots of crazy characters that you meet, and the, lots of lots of great, like, uh, that's terrible. I'm sorry, that was I'm always like, making fun no, of people. Was it's just, I was really they're, excited. They're,
4: Keep doing it. Yeah. They're very, <laughs>
1: uh, they're very expressive, and they have a really great, like you said, a really great kind of Bioshock aesthetic. It's almost like a Bioshock mixed with a mixed with the Dishonored. Um, and so, uh, kind of almost like a Tim Burton-esque feel, too, at times. And we didn't actually get a lot of the painted face, uh, as, you know, characters that were introduced the first time that we saw this. Like, again, this was kind of on the other side of that, uh, facade. And so, you just kind of met a lot of people that were down on their luck. And, um, some parts almost had kind of like a Mad Max vibe to it, where you're, like, had, like, forts where people were really kind of dug in and, like, protecting their own, like, gang, you know, uh, aesthetics. The animation was really bad. Like, the lip sync was bad. Like, I didn't get the vibe that, like, I was really present with these characters. Like, that encounter, that Andrea that you talked about. Like, there are stealth mechanics that are fun. Again, just really slight Dishonored vibes. But uh, once you actually get into characters moving around, it's not very smooth. Um, I thought the world was kind of dull. But at the same time, it's supposed to be. Because everything is kind of sleepy and and sad. And, you know, and... and uh it was creepy to go into a house and see um a as you were talking about the kids going missing and seeing a a crib and i think he comments like oh yeah these people remember the fact that we had kids and so that's like kind of one interesting story bit that you kind of get like tyler durden flashes of of memories that you had and he has like a family members that he's trying to reconnect with or is you know getting memories of and so the longer that you go without having taken joy, the more of the horrors of what this happened to this world are resurfacing. And so, uh, it, yeah, it was it, like part of it. I was it, really into and wanted to know more and other parts, I think just weren't really you know, like are, are still ha- in the oven a little bit and being worked on. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of the best, best and worst, uh, I think from, from, uh, the team all at once. And so, but I, I am curious and I think, uh, it it's tough to show a game like this off a very slow paced game like this. I think it's tough to show at any three because it's like, what slice of this game do we show? And no matter what we do, even if it is a, an hour and a half, like we got a lot of time to play this when they came over and tapped us on the shoulders and like, okay, time to play the next game. I was like, no, I, I, I feel like I'm close to getting, I'm um, that is right there. Let me just turn this in and see if there's a boss fight or something. Or, um, so, um, imagine playing Bioshock for like 20 minutes. You'd be like, I, I didn't get the vibe at all. You know, it just kind of mm. seems tough and the world seems neat, but I just need more, you know, yeah. more information. So I, I think this is a game that really kind of slowly uh you kind of soak in and it just kind of grows on you over time.
4: That's 100% with 100% you guns or is it bonking people? How are you
1: fighting
0: people?
4: Bonking. I Lots
1: of bonking. So
0: there's, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of mele- it's a lot of melee. There might be guns later. Um, I only had melee weapons, a lot of like pokey, like had like a sharp stick that I like poke people with. Yeah. Um, okay, that explains the blood.
4: <laughs> it's a pretty messy uh, way to kill someone.
0: Yeah, and then like the, the weapons will degrade. There's a, like a weapon degradation system, which no, I hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I'm not> <laughs> Leave my stick alone. <laughs> um, but... So, out of all the games I played at Judges Week, this was one of my favorites. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Do do they have some? Is it rough around (laughs) the edges? I love that.
1: No, that's the best thing about Judges Week is we all take our own unique interpretations from these tiny things. Again, some of these games are so hard to show, and so it's interesting to see what people really latch onto based on their prior experience or or their expectations of what what status this game should be in. I think
0: it's just because I've, I've been interested in this game since they first announced it. And I was really, I loved the art style. I loved the concept. I'm a huge Bioshock fan. I'm a huge Dishonored fan. So if you're like kind of combining those types of play styles, but clearly this is a much smaller team, you know, compulsion, compulsion games is, is not, you know, Bethesda. It's not arcane, Bethesda and arcane, you know, who, who made, um, Dishonored and it's, you know, not irrational in 2K who made Bioshock. So. They just don't have as many resources, even though they are now being published by by Gearbox Publishing. So I get that, you know, I don't want to set expectations up that you're going to get something of that caliber. It's a definitely a much smaller experience, but I'm excited to see what the final product is going to be. As Brandon, man- Brandon mentioned, there definitely needs to be some polish that needs to happen in order for it to not get dinged for, you know, some basic stuff. But overall... I really enjoyed it, and um, I'm definitely going to play it when the final release uh, comes out, hopefully for console mm. in the summer. Don't know if that's actually going to happen. I'll try to get uh, an update on the actual The environments day. were cool.
1: We covered a lot of ground in that demo and saw a lot of neat stuff. And so it kind of – this is a stretch of a connection, but like almost kind of had that Half-Life vibe of just like, then you do the barn, and then you do the valley, and then you do the mountain, and then you do the cave, and then you're just like constantly moving into new zones and – Getting a slice of like, wow, that village is screwed up. Anyway, I'm going over here now. And so it's going to be... I bet it
4: won't be screwed up over here. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The grass is (laughs) always greener. On the other side, oh, we're dead. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to discover that world in an organic way and kind of just have to face these tragedies and just move on. Like, sucks to be you guys, but I got a mission. I got to go to the train station or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So... One more game that we played at Judges Week that has an embargo that is up is Underworld Ascendant. Mm. So this is a game that I didn't really know much about. So this had a Kickstarter campaign, I believe. Right. Let no me double idea. check this. Never heard of this game. <laughs> oh no, or- no. I'm thinking of I'm th- in thinking of Indivisible, I think. Um so Underworld Ascendant. And this is from Other Side Entertainment. It's inspired by games like Bioshock and Thief. And it's um, former uh, Looking Glass and Irrational team members that are working on this game. And it's... How do I describe this? Uh, probably a first-person RPG adventure game? Go on. This game... Yeah, so... You have my attention? Yeah, so the concept of this game, I was into. Uh, There's a mix and match of combat, stealth, and magic. You can tailor it to your personal play style. If you wonder, can I do that? You can. So their whole thing when they were pitching this game to us was that they were like, we want players to be able to think of creative ways to get through the scenario that they're in and they can choose how they want to solve whatever puzzle we put in front of them. It's all about player choice. And it's like, can you light that thing on fire? Can you douse that thing with water? Can you do this? We're going to innovate in this area. And in a post Breath of the Wild world, I was just watching this presentation going, who do you think you're convincing About these gameplay mechanics as being new and intriguing things, because Nintendo literally did all of this with Breath of the Wild, and they won a shit ton of awards for for doing this this innovative, innovative gameplay that you are saying that you're making innovative. Brandon, did you get that from that presentation, or was it yeah? They
1: they mentioned Ultima too, and I think they had some people on their team. That had worked in Ultima, so it seems kind of like I wrote down Ultima Underworld. I don't know enough <laughs> about Ultima to know if that's like a typo, because it's like, oh, Ultima Under- Underworld, Underworld Ascendant. Obviously there's a connection. Um, but I might have written that down wrong. But yeah, it seemed uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna calm you down, Britt, because you seem like you were excited about it that. Was. There was like no story in this what's this was purely puzzle based physics jumping, you know, how do I get up there? Like mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, lots of sw- swinging blades here. Do I crawl? Do I wall run? Do I sh- slow them down? Yeah. Do I light them on fire? Um And so it kind of seemed, I got a Heroes of Might and Magic vibes. So it was playful in that it was fun to kind of get into an open arena and see a bunch of enemies patrolling around and, and really having like a ton of, de- like I love bow and arrow. And so I was, you know, shooting stuff with the uh, arrows from a distance and pissing stuff off and seeing it, like look around and try to find me. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was neat it must to. must have
4: been the wind.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> so my it favorite was, thing. It was neat to explore a crypt that way, but it definitely felt like a kind of like in a way that like, uh, what is the name of the ukulele kind of got brought back? You know, it wasn't necessarily like innovative, but it was innovative because this like Banjo Kazooie model is something that we've kind of moved away from with platformers. And oh,
4: ukulele. So I thought you meant the instrument. I was real confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are you talking seems
1: about Ukulele? Like it's going to be a stretch. And so they seem like they had the same vibe. We're like, we we love this old style of game. We don't think anybody's doing this anymore. And so we think there is a, a probably predominantly PC-focused audience that wants a little more playfulness and experimentation hmm. in their RPGs and so we want to provide that with this, but like little Brandon to have no an story it. at all. So
2: that's to something your, I loved about your statement. Uh, Divinity oh, Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin too, is it has that mechanic where you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You want to massacre an entire town? You go on through your bad self and kill everyone. You don't have a key for that door? Just beat it down. Just make sure the guards aren't looking at you, you know? Yeah. Um, so definitely it's not an innovative new mechanic. So if they were pitching it that way, then that's a little silly. But it's interesting.
0: So let me read a little bit from the uh, website, so underworldascendant.com. It says, From the creative minds behind the acclaimed Ultima Underworld series in Underworld Ascendant, Other Side Entertainment is innovating upon the series' signature player-authored gameplay in bold new ways and bringing the immersive sim genre forward in a breathtaking fantasy realm, rife with danger and full of intrigue. Return to the Stygian... Stygian? Abyss in Underworld Ascendant, the action RPG designed to maximize player choice, journey through the unfamiliar, unlock your creative potential, utilize your environment to stack the odds in your favor, devise the ideal plan to overcome the challenges you face, or dive in and think on your feet. So all, obviously a lot of that's like hardcore marketing talk. Sounds right. Real yeah, good my, though. my breath
1: yeah. was not taken away. No, so, man. Oh, man. certainly it's... the environments. I was not like, <gasps> You know, it was like we oh, it's dungeon, it. okay? And it was like, oh, this is neat that I can light that on fire and see. You know, again, it was it was like a playground? It was just fun to experiment, right? But I was never but like was I no have story? the power. Like it was not that.
3: No,
0: there was there was literally life. no story whatsoever. We, in in fairness, we did not have nearly enough time no. to play to play this and to play any kind of an RPG. We had like thirty minutes, yeah. forty minutes, maybe with this. I barely got the controls. Uh, you know, like under my feet. By the time they were like, all right, on to the next game. You know, that's one of the downsides of Judges Week. But the thing that stuck with me is like the the characters were literally just skulls, or just like skeletons, and they're supposed to be this breathtaking fantasy realm. You're going to show me a skeleton character as my enemy? Okay. the Stygian
4: Abyss is inhabited by three factions vying for its control. Dark elves, dwarves, and shamblers. I'm
0: assuming the skulls are shamblers. I guess. I, I just was not impressed by this in any way, shape, or form. And in the incredibly crowded action RPG genre, and with people doing really amazing things in like I said in a post Breath of the Wild world and now in a post God of War world. Yeah. Man, if you're going to throw around words like breathtaking, innovative, bold, you better you better back that shit up. And right now from what I've seen of Underworld Ascendant, it's none of those three words.
1: You're not going to have God of War and Zelda people migrating to this. Mm, you know? No. <laughs> This Again, I think this is the kind of thing where, like, watch the trailer, watch 30 seconds of gameplay. If you're like, oh, I know exactly what this game is, then that's the game for you. But if you're like, what's going on here? It's like probably not something you're going to have a lot of patience for in 2018.
0: Precisely. Noted. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to some other video games miss Brittany. (laughs) hi you played quite a few things since uh we talked to you last so uh on here you didn't tell me about pokemon quest oh you skipped over that because you went back to your list yeah let's talk
2: about pokemon quest okay so brandon you played this too right yeah okay so we can hammer this together because i haven't played too much of it so hammer it Hammer. Okay, so like the press release and like we talked about, you are in Double Cube Island and you have Pokemon that kind of wander this island. And the game plays there, – there's a loop here. So you have your Pokemon. You choose what Pokemon you want. And then that Pokemon runs around these – they're called expeditions. It's like a little arena. They take like two to three minutes to go through. The Pokemon auto-runs. You don't control it at all. The only thing you do is tell it how to attack. And there's two icons – and they have a little recharge meter. So if you tell it like Charmander to scratch, okay, and then scratch and then fire has a fire attack. They both cool down. And then once it's done, you hit another one and off you go. You can have up to three with you at a time. You can do like t- an aerial and two close combat. There's some um, strategy you can do there. So you pick your Pokemon, you do this expedition, you go through a few waves and through A few waves of Pokemon, and then at the end, there's a boss at every expedition. You take down the boss, and then at the end, you get these things called Power Stones, and you get health buffs and experience points. And as your Pokemon levels up, it unlocks these sockets, and there's nine sockets per Pokemon. Each one has a varying amount of power sockets and health buffs. The power sockets are essentially its strength. The health sockets are how much health it has. And... As they level up, you unlock the sockets, you put the health or the power into those sockets, and your Pokemon gets stronger. After each level as well, you get these ingredients, which you go back to your base, and you cook, and depending on what you cook, you attract Pokemon to your base, and they become your friend, and now they are part of your party. At. Wait. So there's a very
4: minor Viva Pinata element to this. Possibly? I don't know the Viva Pinatas.
1: <laughs> and they all kind of hang around at your base. Yeah. You see all the Pokemon that are in your collection. You see them all interact and stuff. We had a Rattata and a, uh, uh one of the first. Pidgey. Uh, not Spiro. Pidgey, oh. yeah. Oh, hey, uh, we had a guess. Pidgey. And the Rattata was on the Pidgey. Like yeah. the Pidgey was flying yeah. around and the Rattata was like riding it around. We were like, oh, it's cute. And there. so,
2: um, this, okay, so, in order to get new Pokemon, you have to cook. And so the cooking can take like a few expeditions to finalize. So let's say you get something cooking. And then you have to go do two expeditions before the meal will be done. So then you go do another expedition. Um, Every expedition, I think there's like four or five per level. Like five. five yeah. And each one requires more power. So obviously you want to continually be equip- equipping your Pokemon with higher power stones so you can match that power level that you need. Um, after you do a certain amount of expeditions, you come back, you look at your the pokemon you've attracted, you cook again, rinse, rinse, wash, repeat. Um so it's a free free to start game and what that means is that you have a battery in the top of your screen and after you can do so many expeditions before you have to start waiting uh to do them again. It's, it, so it's kind of like does that make sense? It's like a typical Wait, what? It's a it's a like <laughs> a, a mobile phone game. game?
1: It's a mobile it's a, game. Yeah. And it's coming out on mobile at the end of June. Yeah. It's a mobile game they launched oh. on Switch first. Right. <laughs> it's like
4: So Wait So what? okay, so how it works, Samurai, so, It's like so, you have no, I'm I'm more like do I can I just I can't just pay for this game then?
2: As of right now, no. Um, what I will say, though, is I I, mean, I don't think they'll be changing that in the future. No, I thought I was going to be listen, excited. No, no. This. I'm no longer no. interested. No, okay, listen. <laughs> so I put a couple hours into this, and I don't know what you, Brandon, but I haven't had to pay anything or, or not pay anything. Yep. I haven't had yeah. to wait. So the first few hours, like, it's because you, as you play, you have things called quests and challenges. They're basically little question challenges what you'd expect and sometimes you get uh battery refills through doing those and so i that's how i've found my experience to be is i haven't had to run out of i have not run out of expeditions you also get these things called what are they called the the little tickets that you use to uh oh pm okay so every 22 hours you get 20 p uh yeah. Free 20 PM tickets. I think it's 20. And that's what you use to expedite your cooking. If you don't want to wait a couple expeditions, that's what you can use to um, refill your battery. If you want to continue questing and you don't want to wait, I think it's like 30 minutes for each expedition to fill back up. Um And you cannot buy these tickets with real money. So, which is interesting, because that was the first thing I looked for, because this is essentially the currency of the game, right? This is what you do to make your cooking go quicker, and this is what you do to make the battery last longer. Um, right. There are expansion packs, or they're called expedition packs, excuse me, out right now. There's a $5 one that includes like a cooking pot, which increases the number of dishes you can cook at the same time by one. There's a Pokeball model, which increases the number of PM tickets you receive Um, every 22 hours. And I might be incorrect about getting 20 PM tickets an hour because I might have been thinking of this number. But essentially, for a $5 flat fee, you will always get 20 more PM tickets every 22 hours.
4: Oh, interesting. Um, So the microtransactions are kind of Different. Yeah, and on top yeah, I would have thought you'd just buy the
2: ticket. And on top of that, you get hundred PM tickets, just like a one time use thing, and you get special moves and you get uh certain things you can use to decorate your base with, which provides you with uh specific perks, passive perks that help you on your quest. So there are three Yeah, but do they look good? They can if you want. I have a weird rat tattoo and that's not a rat tat, is it a rat statue? It's the first thing you get, Brandon. I don't remember what it is. There's
1: like three really yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, had a stacked yeah. upon each other. It's weird.
2: Um, and so there's a $10 expansion pass, which is a cooking pot again. But then your um, PM tickets increase by 30 every 22 hours. You get an EV arc, which increases the maximum battery charges by one. And a Lapras. I said it right. Lapras. Jackass. Is all made fun of me because I called it wrong? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you called it Lapras. Brandon, lapros. she was saying
2: lapros. Lapros? Lapras. Lapras. It, I called it Lapras. I'm still going to... F- Laprosse pool bitches that's what you get and it doubles the chances of attracting multiple pokemon with your cooking <laughs> so and then there's an 18 dollar one and then you can get all three i think for like 30 to f- 5 to 40 bucks it's something around that range um yeah it's it's yeah it's not the most it's I not know, the man. easiest game i to like explain. the art style of this game but it's cute and it's it's fun i mean i played it for a couple hours last night and i was like oh this is cute um it's not you know the Pokemon game I want but I'm sure you know it's it's a good like pick up and play game I feel like if you it, it's really adorable the Pokemon looks super super cute all blocky um I don't know Brandon what was your experience with the game
1: I'll give this game a shake on mobile yeah. I, I just I kind of booted up on switch and I was like oh fun a mobile game yeah, it was exactly. so clearly the systems the game played everything was like the there's like there's like a mouse hand you're moving oh, yeah, with, yeah. The, with the analog stick. And so when you're, like, attaching these, like, power gen- stones or whatever and, like, help stones, you have to, like, grab it and then move it. it over <laughs> to the slot. And boom, And you're like, this is a mobile game. Like, they didn't even try mm-hmm. to, like, oh, let's maybe, you know, Optimize expedite this buttons. process yeah. for consoles. Um, but I, you should see the al- other allies looking at me funny when I was like, hey, I'm excited about the fact that you can just automate the whole thing. So not only are you just watching them run around and you only activate the abilities you can just hit the auto button and they'll just go and i i kind of get a kick out of that with games like i play a lot of silly turn-based games marvel strike force the star wars galaxy of heroes and in those you can just be like okay fight spider-man go and it's just fun to see these characters jump around and attack each other if it's just mobile if i'm like at the post office or the bank or like you know the market or something, and I have like thirty seconds in line, to just like oh yeah, let me just do my dumb missions for the day. Hold
4: on, I need to tell Pikachu what to do real quick.
1: Yeah, or <laughs> not, on. or not. You, you do you, Pikachu, and and I, I'm you're just I'm not going to be putting them on like the hardest mission right now. Right. I'm just going to pick a mission a little under my current level, get whatever items that I got from that, apply them. It's the kind of game where like you're only frustrated if you just constantly want to be getting the most progression at all right. times, and like. This isn't destiny. This is yeah. just a dumb mobile game that it's just fun to appreciate. Like, uh, you know, if you really, really love Squirtle, like you're gonna have a great time. Like, <laughs> you're just gonna see him running around, beating things and up.
4: I kind of feel like the now I want like a crossover of Viva Pinata and Pokemon. Like, I want to sure. build a little garden. I want the stupid Pokemon to come to it. Yeah, yeah. I want them to be in this dumb blocky art style because I think it's adorable.
2: I think. Can you make me this game, please? Something. Anything for you, Simmer. Anything for you, baby girl. I think that's I think this
1: game could evolve like go. It could <laughs> yeah. it could be a different game in a year. You never know. And I
2: think that's where the, the grinding's gonna come in. It's like you were saying a little earlier. Not the grinding, sorry, the um we're gonna have to maybe start <laughs> oh. paying for things or whatever you wanna do. Uh because I am at a point where I feel like I need to start grinding a little bit because my Pokemon are dying in battle and obviously mm-hmm. to do that you know you the wall. yeah the wall you have to uh you, <laughs> the wall you have to do lower level stuff and those obviously go quicker which means you are going to run out of battery charges before your timer is over and then you can either sit there or perhaps but you can't buy pm tickets so I, it's it's an interesting model like i don't like freemium games they frustrate me because it's so blatantly obvious that
4: you, they just designed it, yeah, like to, like, to get the most but money. But I'm out not of you. getting that
2: vibe from this at all. Uh, yes, good to know. Yeah. so we'll see.
0: We'll see. All right, Pokemon. <laughs> Andrea wakes Christ. up for her nap. She's like, "All right, are we done
3: <laughs> talking about the
0: Pokemon?
4: They're so napping. cute.
0: I just uh, they are they are very cute. And listen, like I I'm into I'm into mobile games, but I'm I'm into a point now. Where I'm kind of like, I wish that they would just give me an option to bypass the t- bullshit yes. time management stuff. Like, that isn't yes. a Like I just, like, um, my, my patience is real is thin. 100%.
2: Yeah. I would happily super pay a few thin. bucks for this, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't know how much it would be reasonable, but that goes for most of all free games. I, I'll pay for it. I just don't want to put up your advertisements and your bullshit. As a marketer, True. I'm super sensitive to that stuff. I'm like, I know what you're trying to do to me. There's a puppy, Augie. Oh, oh, hello, dog. your dog's real man. No, She's upset about something. Special cameo. Maybe what the zombie is apocalypse new? is happening.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully not. Arr. Um. So Steimer, yeah, you have been playing Detroit, and we had talked about doing a spoiler cast at some point. But you've also been playing some State of Decay. In fact, we played some State of Decay two together. We sure did, because I was like, surely this game will be much more fun with another person, <laughs> right?
4: And then it kind of wasn't. Not no. that that was anything like that was not against you, Andrea. I love playing games with you. <laughs> but it was just like, uh, oh, I mean, it was kind of nice in that we got more stuff. Like you taught me how to fill up a car. Basically, was what happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is way better than like running one backpack to like. No. Back to across a stupid map. That sucks.
0: Um, All by the trunk space. Yeah. yeah. But
4: then the trunk space. And I'm like, man, if I can like I just Tetris the shit out of my friend's car the other day. I can fit more than four of these backpacks into this car. One hundred percent, yes, you can.
3: <laughs> but
4: um, those fucking rucksacks, yeah, man. I don't know. There's just something about it that I just am already kind of tired of, and I'm not sure what had to pinpoint it exactly. But I don't know. Like how on a scale of one to ten, how much fun were you having while we were playing? I felt like we were mostly just griping.
0: Yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, I was having about a five. Yeah, because I think that's about right. you were five of those five points.
3: Oh. Um, because
0: here is the problem: when we were playing, when we were playing together, the and it, when I originally talked about Save Decay K two last week, um, I talked about all of the bugs that I experienced and how frustrated I was with all of these bugs. And people wrote in and were like, "I'm not having any of these bugs. I'm having a great time." And even Steimer, you had said, "I'm not really experiencing very many bugs when I play." Yep. But when we played together. It got way worse. The bugs were real bad. And yeah. the glitches were bad. And like the way the car was moving was bad. And the rubber banding. And the there was screen, screen tearing. tearing. Like, I was like, <sighs> I don't think I've seen screen tearing in years.
2: It. So I played co-op with Jason um, before it released. We both had a review code. And... I, it, it was, it was weird because I was looking forward to playing it. Every time we quit a game session, we would talk about it and be like, yeah, I can't wait to play tomorrow. It'll be fun, blah, blah, blah. But then as we started progressing into it and started getting to the base building, Jason was joining my game and he couldn't see the facilities I was building. It was like there were NPCs like in the med- medical area just hanging out, floating. They're on a bed, but he couldn't see the bed. Um, the screen tearing, the rubber banding, the just, it was just so, it was, I oh, mean, it just really, Hurt it's bad. It hurt the I'm experience. It. Yeah, it was bad, and that's the it's reason bad. why we stopped playing. And I said, I can't. You know, I have all these other games that I really want to play right now, and I hope this. This I hope this gets better. I hope there's a day one patch. I hope there's something that's going to improve this experience because we had a lot of fun playing together, but it was just such a bad experience because of all the technical issues.
0: Yeah, my other first bugs
4: aside, what, like I think the biggest thing, which actually I may have just cut you off from talking, about, um, was that like. The fundamental design of the co-op to me, as we were playing, I was like, wait, that's how it works. So, Andrea, go ahead and tell, tell the fine people what
0: was going on. (laughs) So, the, one of my biggest problems with, with co-op, like, as Steimer said, like, bugs and technical shit aside was I kept getting notifications about what was happening with my community. Not Steimer's community, who I was playing in, but my community. My community was low on materials. My community felt this way, and my community needed more medicine. So when I would go to pick up a rucksack, I was like, well, I wonder if I can keep this and then bring it back. But in order for me to do that, I would have to leave Steimer's game, load back into my community, drop off the rucksack, load back into Simer's game. And like that whole process is not easy to do. And so when I, whenever I pick up a rucksack and I would go to Simer's base, I would donate it to her. Like, so when you're in, in multiplayer, the items you have on your person or in your backpack, you get to keep, but rucksacks in particular, if you drop them off at the, at the community of the person whose game is the host, then you're donating those items. And so Your community is still using shit back home, but you can't, you can't fulfill any of their requests because every rucksack you pick up goes to the host, to the host. There's no option to say, oh, I'm going to donate to the host or I'm going to send to my community. Uh. That button just didn't exist. Or if it exists, I don't know where it is. I couldn't find it.
2: That's interesting because when we started playing, Jason and I, he hadn't even founded his first community yet. And so he wasn't getting those notifications. So are you saying that while you're playing Steimer's game, your community still needs you? Yes,
0: it's still, yeah,
4: it's still using resources. Oh, that's bad. So she was getting like I was. Yeah, that doesn't sound too. attractive at no. all. And it was just like, oh, like they're mad, and you're like, well, how do we fix it? And like, oh, you can't. You literally have to leave this game and like go. And uh. the, I also thought it was kind of like we eventually figured it out, but I feel like even when you needed to switch, um players between your community that was also kind of a pain in the ass like it wasn't an easy i had to co-op look it up, experience in a
0: walkthrough so well, when my character got tired because that's one of the stupid survival mechanics in this game <laughs> <laughs> um and because they get tired really easily you need to rest your character i couldn't figure out how to rest my character so I realized that I had to go into this one menu system, go over to my community, select a community member, and then swap them out. And once I figured it out, I was like, oh, okay. But the game doesn't tell you how to do that. And the really f- other frustrating part is like the weapon degradation system that exists there and having to like go to your vaults or your supply locker and then you put things in the supply locker and then you have to have enough resources to repair it and you have to make sure you already have a workshop established i just like so the irony of me talking about my frustrations with this game after playing with stymers stymers like i'm tired i'm going to bed and i'm like yeah me too and it was like it was like midnight yeah it was like midnight and I stayed on and played for like another three and a half hours.
4: Were you just fixing your base because of how yes. jacked it was? So I, I
0: went back to my game and was like, okay, I got to go get this. I got to go get this. This person needs this. This person's depressed about this. And I spent those three and a half hours just going in on a scavenge to get the, the base materials. But during that whole process, more infestations kept popping up and so i would go and take care of the infestation but then materials would get used and then they would get sad because the materials are gone so i would go get the materials and bring the materials back but then they get sad because another infestation popped up and because of the way the progression system worked and because they made cars so fucking scarce in this game and it takes forever to run anywhere I was stuck in this loop of getting supplies, bringing them to camp, going to an infestation, clearing it out, going back and getting supplies. That's literally the entire gameplay loop of State of Decay 2. And it would be more fun if I could do it quicker so I could get to a point where my community was at least stable long enough that I didn't have to worry about supplies so that I could go and finally start attacking some of these plague hearts because I couldn't progress past the first area where my first community is because I couldn't attack these infestations fast enough every time I turned around there was other five hordes approaching my base and I'm just like I I couldn't so finally I was like I'm done. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I love the I'm survival <laughs> genre. And actually, this whole idea of having a base in the zombie apocalypse where you have a bunch of people that you need to take care of, but you also need to go out and scavenge for stuff and you also need to progress in the campaign. I'm waiting for the publisher to nail it. I've yes. been waiting for so many years. And like, we keep getting different offerings. The first day of decay, I was like, is this, no, it's not. All right. no next game. And then. When I saw State of Decay 2 at last year's E3, I was like, okay, it seems like you're streamlining this so much more. And you've learned the lessons because there's a lot in State of Decay that was confusing. And it's interesting you guys talked about playing this late in, uh, late at night. I think it was last Tuesday when I was cutting the podcast. Again, like late at night, like I do. And it came out and I was like, okay, I'm tired, but I want to play this. And I, like, get through the little tutorial area and then get to my base. And they're like, your inventory's full. Go drop off your items. And I'm like, okay, where do I do that? And they're like, you do that at this thing. And so I go up and I drop it off and I like go into my items and press the button to drop it off. And like, it doesn't do it. I'm like, how do wait? Is it here? And I gave that like five to 10 minutes to be like, where am I? You know what? I'm done. <laughs> I was like I, like, I think when you have survival games, that first half an hour needs to be a lot of fun. Like, you need to very, you need to like get me buried into this thing and set up a really strong base for the base like a, like a concrete you know uh that everything else is built upon so that when things start getting tough i'm addicted to it now like now i care so much about these people that i'm supporting and this base that i'm protecting because i got off on the right foot and now it well now everything's going wrong and systems are breaking but i at least understand what i'm supposed to be doing and this seems like the kind of game where it's like i'm sure the developers have a lot of fun because they know everything about this game and so they can start a playthrough and start kicking ass right away but if I'm just being introduced to this and I'm just sitting there staring at a menu being like, okay, what if I move this over It's like this guy's hungry. It's like tell that guy to shut up for five <laughs> seconds because I'm I have no idea what I'm doing, you know yeah. and it's like and, yeah, they yeah. don't
4: they don't ease you into that. I feel like th- that was another issue I had with the game is yeah, they, there wasn't that nice like build up to like, oh, things are are getting hairy and there's a lot of things going on. It was just like, Here's the deep end of the pool. Enjoy. Yeah. Um. And Because it's just like, oh, not only do you need to manage the resources, some asshole came and stole a bunch of your stuff. And then like, oh, I'm radioing you from this stupid house over here and I want you to come help me. And I'm like, I can barely help myself at this point. You're <laughs> going to need to take a seat. And, yeah.
1: And it's like what you said, Britt. Like, I have so many games to play and I'm sure I would maybe get better at this if I like put in a couple hours and then maybe restarted and, and, and did those first two hours again and I could, like, get a bu- much better momentum, but, like, I don't know if I want to be frustrated when I'm playing a game right now. I don't know if I want to feel stupid. Yeah, no, Just play something else. That challenges me in a smarter way. It's like
2: you said too, Brandon. Like I see the potential there and I see there's like a little, a few little tweaks that I'd like to make personally for my ideal state of the K2 game. You know, um, for one, like I wish Jason could manage my base with me, but instead I have to manage it all on my end and he can't really participate in that. Um, I also wish, you know, once you clear out like a house or something, it doesn't get taken over again because a new infection pops up you know and that that sense of completion and making progress is lost and then i also know i think andrea you were there when uh gosh jeff he was the guy helping us with our demo said the biggest base that someone was able to manage like 12 people or 13 people or something like that um and to me it's like i just want to keep adding people i want to build bases i want to Build turrets, and I want you know I had yeah. different idea of more of like a tower defensey kind of base, and this isn't that. Um, and it, the potential's there, but it's just with all these bugs, and, and technical issues. I just, I just can't right now,
4: and it sucks. Well, I think even if the if the I can't remember what the currency is for getting outposts, reputation, like reputation, like even if if maybe like you got that a little. Bit it's the more dri- or faster because I like,
0: that shit to you. Yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, okay, I have like three outposts at this point. And like, but they're all, you know, I'm just like, okay, I feel like I'm not making any progress. I think that's the problem with the game is it's not giving me a good enough reinforcement of like, look, you've been doing, like, you, it's made a difference. I don't feel like I've made a lick of difference in the hours that I've played.
2: Yeah, and I know some people love that about this game, but for me personally, it, it feels it's too stressful. It's not. I'm not. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not yeah. fun management. It's like Busy work. I, you
0: really. It's
2: chores. chores. It is work. Yeah, and it's work and it's chores. And I know some people love that, but I just don't think this is a uh, the game for me right now. Maybe I'll I'm make improvements who are on you, the
0: line who are you and I'll hop back into it. But I love this chores. And I busy could see myself like being
4: more into this when I was younger. But at this point of my life, like, I don't play video games all day, no. every day. So the ones that I do play, like, I want to have
0: a fun time with. <laughs> like, feel good. Yeah.
3: Precisely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I. Yeah. So I think you need to let this one go. No, I Renee. I am. I haven't picked <sighs> yeah. it up since. Um, after <laughs> after Starmer and I's play session in my late, late night, early morning uh, foray into it, I decided I was like, you know what? I think it's time to just uh call it on uh, state of decay uh, until they make some dramatic technical changes first and foremost the bugs have got to be fixed they are as i said last week and we'll reiterate are unacceptable inexcusable and dare i say dare i say at the risk of offending some people i know in the industry a little embarrassing for a first, yeah, a, I don't know that. I don't know for that a a they're first embarrassing party game. That's so for like, a first party, but it's not. It's like it
4: is, but it isn't. It's like it's not like a Sony or not a Sony. Wow, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's right? Not right? A Sony? No, no, you're not, not wrong, Samer. It's not no, a Sony. <laughs> no, 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 I meant to say not a Sony-owned studio, but I meant to say Microsoft. I like they don't. Anyways, point being, I want to say a positive thing about the game, <laughs> and that was the achievements were real good. Oh, and I, they were popping like kids. That was the one that's element of progression they were giving me. <laughs> Was the there was a lot of achievements. And I was like, true. okay, this feels good. No, it, but the rest of it, not. So- no, and I think uh,
2: you know, you, t- you ladies talked about this last week. By the way, phenomenal episode with Kimberly Wallace of Game Informer. That was really, really fun to listen to. Um, coming off a of sea of thieves, and that launch was—I don't want to say botched, but it just wasn't ideal. And now, you know, State of Decay two, the other one, the other exclusive title that Microsoft is like, "Hey, look at this cool thing we're doing," and it's like, oh, it's just I. Again, I want nothing but the best. I want all these games to do well. I want Microsoft to like really get in there and blow our minds and be like, yo, Sony, what up? You got all these awesome things. We got awesome things too, rah, rah. But it's just not looking super good. I think competition is healthy, but right now it's like, there's nothing there. It's just like, haha, lol. Your t- last two games. Now I understand kind of why they're on game pass. You know, it makes sense. Ooh. No, I mean, think, I mean, it's- <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ooh, right hey, that. We're all <laughs> no, right. we're all
2: thinking it. It's okay. You're right. And I yeah. and I say that with love, kind of. It's just, ugh, I'm calling it like I see it. And <laughs> you are a very sweet person. I can see you saying that with love. I, I say it with love. Just you know, you gotta get just gotta do better.
0: I love you. Do well but get better. Um to make sure that this show doesn't go to a record four hours in length, um, I do, I That's do what want she said. to, um, um, keep moving on and not, not dwell too much on this. Uh, I just want to give one quick shout out to the What's Good Guardians who raided with me last weekend, uh, in Warmind. We did a little Iron Banner. We did, um a, a little bit of calis's raid uh we're looking forward to trying out the new raid layer once we grind our way slowly and surely up to light level 370 but thank you uh to the crew for joining me uh, that was really fun on saturday um brandon and i also got the ability to get hands on with divinity original sin 2 definitive edition now Britt now you saw this at pax did you play it at pax east
2: no, it wasn't playable there. It was, uh, just, it just got announced. So Brandon at and PAX East. I got to
0: play it. Brandon, did you play it at the, uh, at the event that day?
3: I oh, did. Hey,
0: so Britt, I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible because man, sure. I, I'll just listen. I'll just I listen. I took some extensive notes during the presentation so uh Larian Studios was there uh they of course are the developers of Divinity and um this is an indie with air quotes that i'm saying because they talked about how they're an independent developer but there's 150 people working at Larian and they have 20 years of development experience uh so this definitive edition is coming to PS4 and Xbox One in August of 2018. Uh, you, of course, like any RPG, can create a character or you can take on a role of one of the six origin stories and adventure through a land that constantly reacts to who you are, what you are, each with their own stories and often conflicting with one another. Friendships will be tested in and out of combat. So you can play as both the living and the undead. The world reacts to you and who you are, and choices have tangible consequences, Some of the features, um, I think these features are of the, of the main game, so I won't go into those. Let me skip those as to what's new. Um, so there is a new journal system that's entirely rewritten journal entries for brevity and clarity, uh, easier to make and track quests understand what to do and what you've done, uh to place map markers to better orient yourself and new party based inventory system, which is in the definitive edition. Um thank God. <laughs> in content Continue. and modes, there is a revamped third act, which is an additional forty hours of gameplay to improve upon the ninety three Metacritic rating that they got on their PC release.
2: Um hold, hold on, wait, wait.
0: An extra
3: they're Sorry, adding an more? extra
0: 40 hours of gameplay. That's play? what they
3: said. That's Four what they zero said.
1: okay yeah i know i know um
0: there's a a hot seat this uh... team does
1: not mess around
0: (laughs) pvp arena mode to battle against fan favorite characters there's a new tutorial that puts players directly into the action so if you have not played any of the divinity uh the first divinity or uh the pc release uh there's a new tutorial for you there's also a new story mode which is a new difficulty setting for players who want to enjoy the narrative and not get too uh bogged down with combat encounters Baby ass, baby move. Correct. Plus, there's pre-order uh, DLC available called Sir Lorna the Squirrel. Um, <laughs> it's a squirrel with an existential crisis. Brittany, this is going to be right up your okay. alley since you were a fan of Peeper. Amazing. Was that the chicken's name? Yes, Peeper. Um, and so... Uh, and. Because Larian is such an awesome studio, they are giving the Definitive Edition as a free update to everyone who bought the game on PC. So if you already own Divinity Original 2 on PC,
1: you get all of this new
0: content that's included in the uh, Definitive Edition for free on PC. Oh my god. But Brittany's going to get it on PS4 so we can play together. Oh, I'm going to buy, like, five co- I won't buy five copies. I will I buy like, it for gonna buy a copy on every <laughs> so console. So, Brandon, no, I, uh, uh, what did you think of man. your, your playtime?
1: I thought it was great. I thought It was interesting because I didn't play the beginning. I, I, When the person in front of me finished their demo, they got up and they were like, I got past all the boring parts. You want to <laughs> jump in? And I was like, oh, sure. And, like, uh, I mean, not boring part, but just the the, if, you're, lengthy, especially if yeah. you're familiar with it, I replaying it. the tutorial, you're like, oh, okay, let's get off this boat and let's do it. And so it was neat to just kind of jump in and like do everything wrong and just explore areas. And, um, I was picking fights with people. People were yelling at me, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, it, it just seems like such a gift to, uh, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the series, uh, it's fits so well on console. It feel the controls really feel great. It was easy to, obviously, the, the depth of what characters the person in front of me had picked. And what abilities and when to use them. Like, that's something I would need to take much more time, like, to get familiar with. But, uh, it just felt really comfortable. It looked great. Um, it seemed like all of the little notes, I think they said 45 pages of improvements, they said, when they had, like, a big grid. The guy made a point to make a very quick presentation. He was like, okay, we got this, 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 go play. And, uh, and so it just seemed, it almost seemed kind of like, um, something that CD Projekt Red would do, where they're just, like, so eager to make this game better and not just, like, we, we've talked in this podcast about a lot of, like, PR speak, and it didn't seem like a lot of that was going on here. It was just really tiny, minute details that were slowly making the game an already amazing game. Yeah, I thought right. it was wow.
0: really neat. So and, they uh, added some so. little touches. For example, the adaptive music. So you could...
3: Yeah. yeah so character. you could
0: choose an yeah. instrument from a selection of instruments, and whenever your character was doing particularly well in battle, this one instrument would be highlighted in the background music of whatever mm-hmm. fight sequence you were in.
1: Like, so it's what? Like, isn't what?
3: that what? so <laughs> cool? And yeah. it
0: works really well too. It's really.
3: I just, yeah.
1: I just imagine if like. You just a picture of a really stressed out dev team, you know, just really getting into crunch. And like Bill in the back is like, "What if, uh, <laughs> like, if I if I liked violin, I could shoot Like, shut up, Bill. We don't have time. All right, you know, like that's how that's how good this team yeah. is. You know, that's how cozy they are. It's how much support they're getting from their from their community. That they're like, "Hey, let's do Bill's crazy idea because we can, and it's a great opportunity to just again already make this game that was was so polished and so well done and has so many different branching directions." The story and just make it make it, it. was
0: interesting That's for me playing this game so- for the first time because I was not aware that there was like a a, a turn based element in in the combat and so because it's you know right away it feels a lot like uh like Diablo in its at first blush but it quickly once you get into it is not Diablo in any way shape or form right like it's just got that isometric mm-hmm. top down RPG feel to it. Uh, for people who have played that kind of a game and but the battle system and the way that the uh, the combat works is something i even with the playtime that i had i still didn't quite get the hang of it but towards the end of my play session i was like okay i can see how people like Brittany have really just like sunk a hundred hours into this game and, and really kind of immerse yourself in this world and and with these characters. And I would really love to try it in co-op. We didn't get the opportunity to play together uh, at the event that we were at. But as Brandon said, the game looks great and it plays great. And clearly translating something as complicated as a, an action rpg like this that has multiple key prompts on a keyboard into console can sometimes be challenging for developers but i think larian did a really nice job oh, and yeah. i'm looking forward to, to checking it out
2: i am so happy i just can get over that 40 hours of extra gameplay that's un oh my god i was already excited but fuck
1: yeah, if you played it on PC, it's nice that this is also good for you. Yeah. You it's not like in a kind of an announcement you're just going to tune out of because you're like, "Oh, great. PS4 people get a better version." It's like everyone does Everyone, you know. If you've played a bunch or none at all. Yeah. Win 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 win.
2: Uh, Simmer, I need a, I need to come up with a name for your finger cuz I feel like it makes many it's- cameos stickly.
4: Sickly, this. No, I was just laughing to myself because I felt like Andrea literally just admitted she wasn't listening to it all when you would talk about divinity original sin back in the day, because
0: you were like, I didn't know about the combat. I'm like, really? Because Brittany,
4: no,
3: no, no. But a listen, my point,
0: no, my point, Steimer, was people can talk about turn based combat, but as somebody who does not play hardly any turn based combat, like. It's just, it's just not my thing. I I only play games with turn based combat when I'm forced to play them. Like when Alexa Ray was like, "You must try Final Fantasy IX on PS4," and I was like, "What? What? What is this?" Um, and so when I said that I don't, I didn't understand it. It wasn't like I wasn't listening to what Brittany was saying, but like a lot of combat systems in video games, you don't understand really how it works when someone explains it to you until you play it for yourself. I feel like that's a fair thing to Got say. It. That
4: is fair. It was just, the I think, like, the wording that you had said came off a little differently to me, and I, I just chuckled to myself. That's all.
0: Also, how could I not have listened to her? She talked about it ad nauseum for No, months. I know, but she talked
4: about it a little, you know, like, a lot. So I wouldn't blame you if you tuned <laughs> out a little bit. Hey! <laughs> hey! I love you, Brittany. Yeah. I
0: love you and Stickly,
2: too, Sammer. <laughs> okay.
4: Stick <laughs> Stickly!
2: What What's that? Stick Stickly, the little popsicle stick. stick. From, Nickel- was that Nickelodeon? From, yeah, yeah, from Nickelodeon. Never mind.
4: Someone out maybe. there. Yeah, yeah,
2: All right. Well, I'm going to okay. wrap
0: this segment up. We'll have to talk about Pixel Junk Monsters next week after I get a chance to play. Oh. Sorry, Brandon. Oh. Sorry, Brittany. Um, no, it's all good. Just tell, tell me, me one know. thing. One word. Is it as amazing as I'm hoping it's going to be?
1: Jolly. Jolly. Jolly.
0: Jolly. <laughs> it's good. It's very fun.
1: Dancing it's a good show.
0: Okay. Go. I had a lot of fun. Okay, great. Um, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another quick break because uh we know this is a long one. Thanks for sticking with us. But when we come back we gotta talk to Brandon Jones about what's happening over there at Easy Allies. So uh
1: Don't mess don't we don't need no Easy A talk when we could talk about pixel Yeah, jobs. we're dancing I, okay, so like we'll raise talk, the towers right now. I wanna talk about how Easy Allies Perfect. We'll do it right after moment. the break. We'll
0: be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the final segment of oh, what's good games. All right, Mister Brandon Jones is here. As you've been listening to all episode, um, we wanted to, we will talk about Pixel Junk Monster <laughs> Monsters too <laughs> about how Easy Allies is playing it. But uh, I wanted to, uh, most of the people listening and watching to the show do know about the Allies. But for people that don't, could you just? Um, could you. you just give a brief rundown of, of who you guys are and what you guys do? Because I think what you guys do is pretty fucking awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. We are a total of nine gentlemen with from various ages and walks of life uh, that uh, have interests in many, many different uh, genres of video games and films and uh, manga and comic books and TV shows and stuff like that, but primarily games, and... We try to keep our offerings on YouTube and Twitch as diverse as possible. We uh, have been known to build Gundams and Legos uh, on Twitch. We do uh, our group stream on Tuesday nights. We have a big podcast. Um, We have a couple of the podcast movie podcasts. One that's our main podcast is more news focused. um, But we also do reactions to major events when they happen. Um, uh, that's most of what we're going to be doing during, during E3 and all the press conferences and everything. Um, and if you are familiar with game trailers is if that's a name that pops up in your brain. Um, I think as we move f- further from that, I think that was one of the biggest developments this year at, at judges week where I was like, hi, I'm Brandon from easy allies. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> you know, it was like before I'd be like, we used to be game trailers. I'm like, oh Yeah. And so, um, I think we're a little more awareness now as we uh, meet more people to get more familiar with our new entity. But we used to be game trailers, pretty much the exact same crew, uh, from gametrailers.com, um, now at Easy Allies. But we, much like you and a lot of other successful enterprises in games, uh, are crowdfunded, uh, through Patreon. And, uh, that has, I've been in this biz for a very long time and it is now totally new thing. <laughs> and it is like we're, 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 uh, kind of rewriting the rules and discovering new ones and, and uh, kind of molding this whole thing to, to what we want it to be because of the support that we get, which continues to amaze us. I think by now I'd, I thought I'd get used to it, but it still blows me away. Uh, the generosity of people um, and uh, the support that we get is pretty, pretty dreamy. So lucky to have the job I do. No, it's
2: You guys put out some great content, sir.
1: Thanks, Brent. yeah. You guys do too. Wow. I love that everybody just has their own style and voice um, and um, uh, the, 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 with... The support that we get and the, the way that we can operate the businesses that we have allow us to be ourselves. And so I, I find with our community, it's kind of like this this endless loop of gratitude where we're like, thank you so much for supporting us. And like, thank you so much for doing content. It's like, well, we couldn't do the content unless we support you. It's like, well, I support you because you do the content. We're like, let's, let's just shut up and enjoy each other and stop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like every time we have a meetup, it's like we got to get through twenty minutes of that before we can finally be like, "So, what have you been playing? Or where are you yeah. from? Or what do you do?" I
0: un- I understand so. that because it's when it, when you talk to when you talk to people, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to just say thank you, and it's. It's a it's an interesting dynamic when we get to meet people for the first time. You know, at, at meetups, I know that the allies do meetups, and we've had a couple of meetups for what's good. Our last one at PAX East had such an amazing turnout, and getting to meet people that we interact with, you know, on Facebook or in YouTube comments or on Twitter, and like putting a face to that like that on screen persona um, is always such a fantastic moment to be like, hey, you're a person that listens to the show and supports what we do, and there's such an amazing sense of uh, camaraderie. Is maybe a good word to use there mm-hmm. a, a, around that? About like, a, and also a sense of like, like appreciation. This idea of like, wow, it like means so much to us as creators that people listen to our show and not not just listen, but go one step further and you know help financially support the kind of content that we're making because it's. It's hard. You know, Brandon and I have been making content in video games for a long time. And Brandon, you've been doing it. You know, Like Game Trailers was really a giant innovator in the space. I mean, you've really seen trends come and go over your time, you know, making video game content. What to you has really kind of stood the test of time?
1: Um Boy, I don't know. Has anything? I think that's the great thing about it is you can't you, there's no game. Even YouTube is kind of now kind of taking a back seat to streaming. You know, that I think that's I think that for me is kind of the most exciting thing about where we're at right now. I see the most potential in um uh doing really fun stuff live. And uh it, it was only I remember like back at GT when you stream and Twitch first came out and we were dabbling in that and that seemed like so scary and so weird you know like seeing a chat going and 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 now it's like i can't live without it it's so much fun you know to have that direct communication and that direct relationship with the communities and so and my wife is an actress she does a lot of improv stuff and so it's exciting to see hyper rpg and you know um uh, uh of course um oh my god hello uh, felicia days team. What is the two Geek and Sundry? Geek and Sundry, duh. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, critical role and all, you know, like, and just this kind of merging of Hollywood and, uh, uh this gaming community to create stuff that has, has this product, you know, this, a uh, production value of, you know, something you might see on television, but has, it's much more personable and approachable. Um, and, uh, it, and, and it is kind of at its best when it fails, you know, and when things don't go perfect, you know, and I think a, a lot of people are very attracted to that. Uh, and just kind of breaking down that fourth wall of entertainment and really getting to know their entertainers. And so that that's what was crazy for me with crowdfunding is seeing people spending like more money on us than they would on something like Netflix and being like, we are not at all <laughs> like on the level of a lot of this other entertainment that I enjoy. And so uh, I think what I've I've keep coming back to more and more in the current climate is that attachment that people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into Game of Thrones and I'll pay a, a, a I'll pay, you know, a, a top dollar to enjoy that type of entertainment but like i'm not going to be on a first name basis with the creators of that show or the cast or the writers but here i am you know having questions responded to or there's definitely people that have been with us ever since the gt days that you know when we're on the podcast and it's like here comes a question from mike hook and it's like good old mike hook you know here's just like a user that we've that we've known for years i've never met him you know but like i feel like i know him i feel like that, that person's family and so it's that the one thing, Andrea, from doing content for this long, it's like there's just never been a constant. There's never been one thing that we can go back. I think reviews might be that thing that we started doing video reviews in 2006 and like we've gotten better at them, I think, but we're still kind of doing the same format. And so I think that'll always be our bread and butter is uh, play a game, write a script. I'll voice it. One of us will cut it and you know, spit one of those out. Do you still the voice next one.
0: all of the reviews?
1: I do, and what's the best is people think I play <laughs> all of them, too. And I am, I'm not going to be the one to dissuade people from that opinion. It's like, yes, I do. I played Persona 5 played and that shooter game. simultaneously. <laughs> it's rough. It's a hard job.
2: So how many different shows do you have?
1: I should have that no, number you don't, on do No, I hand. understand. I you don't have a know. ton,
2: but like a ballpark?
1: 20-something, yeah, probably. That's
2: freaking awesome, wow. dude.
1: Um, we have we – have, four different podcasts Um, we have. um, And it's tough to, because like we have shows we do on Twitch, but those are much different from the shows that we produce. Um, And we have like a retrospective series. We have reviews and previews that we do. Um, We have like, one of the things we've tried to do more is package our preview coverage into different types of formats. So, we have, uh, a series called check, uh, called checking out, which is like, we don't have time to play this, but let's do like an hour stream and then take that hour stream and kind of accordion that into like 10 minutes. So you can just sort of get a real quick vibe of us being like, whoa, this game's fun. Okay. I will never play that again because there's just too much mm-hmm. stuff, but maybe you can get the vibe of like, that seems like something I would enjoy. Um, Ben Moore created a show called don't skip, which is like either if this game just came out or if it's 20 years old, this is something I love and let me explain why. And you please don't pass on this game. If you just even have a passing interest in it. Um, and, um, and then, like I said, weird streams, like Gundam building that we do that, like they started doing as a joke and our community's like, I love watching you just build Gundam for four hours <laughs> <This is laughs> because awesome. it's a great, great opportunity to like really communicate with, uh, um, with our chat and with our, our Twitch audience. And, um, Uh, just kind of goof around with them and and they show us the stuff that they were building and I'll come in and maybe build a Lego or two while they're doing that stuff and fun shows that we'll try and work out. Some don't. And then because of the nature of crowdfunding, we get that opportunity to maybe sunset one thing and move on to something else or evolve something, you know, our community comment shows now community showcase. It's gone from me just reading stuff, which I thought would be a value to people because I do so much voiceover. It's like, maybe you would enjoy me reading what you have to say, and that kind of evolved into like, why don't you just create something, and we'll we'll watch that music or, you know, um, uh, videos or pieces of art or photographs from some vacation that you took, and it's fun to yeah, fun to get uh, fun to get to know our community. I think that's like the biggest plus of what we do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's been one of those things that you know we get asked all the time about like what it's like to be creators and what it's like to work with a platform like Patreon and. I just always keep going back to, you know, the intimacy of it. You know, we had Alana Pierce on the show uh, a little while back, and she was talking about her Patreon experience and about how she gets to kind of – let her hair down, so to speak, on her Patreon and kind of let loose and be who she is and not have to have some kind of professional pretense when she's on camera. Uh, one of the things she talked about was how she's like, Oh yeah, I drink on my Patreon. So like you'll see me do drunk videos because it's my Patreon and why not? Um, because it kind of feels like a safe space for a lot of creators, particularly for us as women, having that space where we can kind of have a real conversation and know that people. People aren't going to immediately troll us in the comments. Is such a a, a luxury and a, a privilege to be able to know that we have this group of of confidants that we can share our funny moments with um, in a in a really you know kind of creative space to do that. Um, I really love that about Patreon. Steimer, do you have any things about, you know, like this creator lifestyle that you really love? Because I know that you kind of got into it um, solo. You started your own thing and, uh, you know, then you joined up with us. Is there something about being a creator that you really love? Um. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, Steimer.
4: Not to put you on the spot or anything. Uh I mean honestly the the main thing I love is that I get to do it with you guys. I know that sounds dumb, but like <laughs> as much all. as I love yeah. the community and building that base, I think it's more important to me the fact that I've like built such a strong relationship with you guys. Um it's not really anything to do with content creation I suppose, but that to me is is the main draw of it all and I think it's one of, it's hard that's a hard question for me to answer because I've always been someone where I'm like I like content creation, I dabble in it, but There'll definitely be a time where I just ghost off the internet. Like, expect that to happen one day. I'll just delete all my shit and be gone. Like, because I don't. <laughs> Give us a heads up I before don't. you do that though, please. Just a heads up. Oh, I will. Yeah. You guys will. Be. Don't worry about that. It's not for quite some time, but I'm just saying, like, I'm going to hit that age where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm just like deuces. I'll be out. But, um, so it's more of like a, a camaraderie, friendship y,
2: like we're all in this together. Yeah. yeah. No, that's understandable. Yeah.
1: Sure. Cause I think there can be, uh, not there can be, there is a lot of toxicity in this environment. And I think what well, the problem is, is that the, the quick and easy fix is to tell people, hey, don't be mean. Like, don't, don't, don't aggressively attack somebody who has different ideals than you. And at the risk of saying something unpopular, I think the, the more finer tuned exploration of those uh issues that are facing our community is, well, you can, just there's a way to do it. There's a way to respectively tell someone you're crazy. <laughs> and like I think a lot of times you, you you have people you know playing games where this stuff is rife, where like, you know, your Fortnites or your you know, uh, uh Overwatches or your communities that unfortunately are these amazing games that just have so much anger and so much uh, adversity at play in their communities. And so I think one of the things that I hope that we do is have as many disagreements as possible live in front of our community so they can see how we overcome those hurdles and how we have two people that are like, what is wrong with your brain that you have this opinion about games and how can we sort that out? And how ultimately, even if we haven't convinced each other at all, we can still coexist and still... Like we gave Last Guardian game of the year, and Ian Hank is like beside himself. Like every time it comes up, he's like, "I hate <laughs> that game so <laughs> much." And like, and we're just like, "Yeah, you know, that's that's fine." You know, we, we I I need that opinion. You know, like yeah. I I don't I might not agree with it, but I need it. I need you around to say that. And it's it's neat. Like wait, you were saying, wait, the camaraderie, Steimer. It's neat to know you gave these Last guys. Guardian
0: game of the year.
1: Yes. It was the popular. It was popular vote. I didn't. We're I did gonna, not vote for it because I didn't. Play it. I don't remember. <laughs>
4: yeah, because I'm like the, I yeah. don't know if I've screamed so much at a television before,
1: <laughs> right? And other and again, it's like you know, Ian's like, here was my experience with uh, Last Guardian and Blood, who was probably the biggest one of our biggest champions of that game. Was like, I didn't have that experience at all. Not like something different, or I can kind of see what you're saying. I had no problems. Like at no point in the game did that. Trico do not do what I wanted it to do. And what? Ian's like the exact opposite. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I kept, I kept being like, no, please get up, you know? <laughs> and so I think that's indicative of really, and there's just. Even us doing reviews and assigning scores to things or picking something for game of the year, it's like, that's not the game of the year. It's the easy allies game of the year. Right. Whereas I love having different opinions. I love having different scores. I love seeing what the top and the bottom is. And, and when I attach a score to a game, where did I end up? Oh, I'm on the bottom. Look at that. You know, like I'm one of the people that didn't like it. And it doesn't mean the other people are wrong. I think it's, I think we, we, we need to move not only to acceptance of other people's opinions, but enjoyment of of other people's just completely polar opposite opinions from our own, because it's just always going to be there. It's always going to happen. We're never going to find common ground ever. The common ground has to be, well, I'll just put it If
0: everyone,
3: if everyone
1: (laughs) thought
0: like you, man, the world would be such a better place. (laughs) Amen.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, and it's probably really presumptuous to be like, we're changing things, but I just hope our, all our little, you know, camps, you know, kind of funny and giant bomb and you guys and, and us and, and, you know, and game attack and, and uh, these groups that will kind of show, for better or worse, how we can mm-hmm. coexist and how we can say mean things to each other in a positive way. because <laughs> <No, it,
4: it, laughs> you know, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of mean sometimes, and I, I know I hear yeah. myself saying that, but I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's not really the attitude we're talking about, Stimer. But I know, it's but okay. like
2: sometimes I'm like, well, that happens. No, it's but okay. I see what you're saying because Brandon, not you, Stimer. Because you know, in our in our Facebook group, for example, you know, it's a closed Facebook facebook group but we do get a lot of people who join it who really aren't even familiar with what's good games they just see what's good games and they take that for what it says and they join the group because they think it's a page just a random page about video games so we'll get people in there and we have a fantastic community we're all very accepting and welcoming but you get the random person in there who will post something toxic and what i love about our community is that People don't jump down their throat. They're constructive. They're saying like, hey, you know, you're allowed to have that opinion, but here's a constructive way to look at it. Because we've built such a wonderful community is that then that person becomes a fan of ours and a fan of the show and a fan of the community because they've learned like, oh, I think, you know, some people just don't know how they come across on the Internet. But if you can teach them there's a constructive yes. way to have your comments. You can feel the way you feel, and I'll respect your opinion. But you just have to be careful the way it comes across. And I, I agree. It's it might be a small change, but I think the communities that we've built are making those changes,
1: and it's awesome. And it, it and it's messy. Again, you you nailed it. Where you don't know how people are going to react to stuff that you're saying. So many times, I'll say something out loud, think to myself like, ooh. Especially because I cut our podcast. And so after the fact, I'm like, ah, I botched that comment or I didn't really get that across or oh, I could see a bunch of people that would be offended or frustrated about me saying that. And so I think it's like if you see consistently an ad- adversarial behavior, if you see someone who's like, clearly that person just wants to pick a fight all the time, as opposed to someone who's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I-, I-, I really had no idea that that was in poor taste or that that would be perceived that way. And so it's really, to me, a process. Like, I still have so much to learn about people our society is changing so fast and it's interesting that the gaming industry is so global already that we're we don't really bat an eye at playing some a game in a different language like i was playing final fantasy 11 in 2002 with an entire japanese team of people in and that did not speak english and i didn't speak japanese and they just the translation system in final fantasy 11 you could actually be like like you heal, I'll do be tank, mm-hmm. you know? And like, so it was, it's, it's fun to, you know, to, to kind of like see these barriers come down and see people get more eager to meet other people in different walks of life and learn stuff about them. I, th- I think one of the most interesting things when we first started Twitch streaming was I would like sign on and be like, good morning. And like chat was just like, good afternoon. Good mm-hmm. evening. Good a- you know, like, it's like, oh yeah, yeah of yeah. course you're in Australia. It's Oi. totally different. you are yeah. in the future. Yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah. No, I think that this is all really awesome Awesome stuff. And I think that, you know, like, thank you to everyone who's in our community and to everyone who's in the allies community for, for being part of it. Cause I, you know, there's a lot of, as Brandon said, there's a lot of toxicity out there and we are really lucky that we get to be part of a communities that aren't that way. And obviously it's a lot of. Cultivation and curation, and Miss Brittany, you do f- such a fantastic job um, on all of our social channels. Uh, I always love watching her, <laughs> like, uh, like banhammer people. Like, uh, oh. she she tries to have a teachable moment first. And then when the teachable moment is clearly not happening, <laughs> it's like, goodbye. <laughs> and that's been such a liberating feeling because I've come from organizations where it was like every view counts, every click counts. Uh It doesn't matter what they're saying in the comments as long as they're clicking and viewing and getting that impression, which will ultimately lead to a, a dollar being made somewhere. And that can be, like, really detrimental to your your psyche after a while. <laughs> oh, man. That's like letting somebody pay you. No.
4: Yes. Pay you to punch you in the face or something. You know, like, a, on a much different level. I get it. But, you know, like, like it, there's that abuse there. There's, like, something there where you're just like, why would you? If, if you made it that, like, you would never do it. So why not? Anyways. That was a weird tangent. No, no. I get what you're saying. They punch you in the heart, Stimer. <laughs>
0: and yeah. the and the oh. brain that's true they yeah. do, they really do yeah. um so Brandon uh you wanted to talk about how the allies are playing pixel junk monsters too
1: <laughs> well this actually can speak to another thing that's just so great about our jobs is you know, I always grew up and I always had friends who were playing video games uh I think I, I don't know how many friends I've made in the you know the last 20 years that don't. It always just kind of like it, it's interesting where I'll see somebody at a party and I'm like, "Do you play games?" I don't know. And they're like, "No, not really." And it's like, "Well, I'm going to talk to you about them." So sorry, um, but <laughs> well, that's my one party neat. trick.
4: So I'm
3: <laughs> going to. <So> it's,
1: <laughs> it's neat to experience a game like Pixel Junk that just comes up in conversation, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm familiar with the name Pixel Junk." But uh, on a, I was on Ben's podcast Frame Trap, and he's like. Jones, you like tower defense, right? And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) He's like, I played this really fun game. You should check it out. I'm like, I will. And then we get to, you know, there's obviously the extra encouragement that not only am I going to play this game and enjoy it and I can talk to my friends about it, but my friends are also my coworkers. And, you know, the next time I'm on a podcast or on the show like this, I can talk about my opinions. So it is kind of like work that like, oh, I really need to get that third rainbow for work. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's 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 such a joy to have, uh, not only this close knit group of you know, my eight coworkers that I get to share experience with or, or pick up these weird little indie games or, or stuff that I might be completely off my radar, but also, you know, getting Twitter followers and people like, Hey, I saw this thing. Did you know about this? Or I heard you mention this name. I also like that director. You might like this. And, um, that's, uh, it's, I feel blessed to just get so many good recommendations. Too many. There's so much good stuff out there. Indeed. TV shows are rough. <laughs> So it's like you should watch this 15 episode TV show. And you're like, yeah, I would love to. Well,
0: but yeah, you say you say that, oh, but I. games are still way it's longer way than longer. TV shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um Oh yeah. And way more I, involved.
1: I feel bad because I know people that are film reviewers and people that actually I, I have a uh, extensive theater background in my youth. Um I don't really experience so much of that now, but I know people that are just like, oh, I have to review, you know, these movies. And it's like, oh, boo-hoo, do you know how long Divinity Original Sin 2 is, man? Like, do you have any idea? 40 hours longer. Even just, even Pixel Chunk, man. You know, it's a it's a, a smaller game, but we're still talking, like, 8, 10, <gasps> you know, maybe 12 hours, depending on how focused you are. I'm just it's like, oh, God.
0: Uh, no, dogs are always welcome on our show.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no need to apologize. Your dog has never made an appearance on the, our show, uh, Brittany.
2: Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, how the hell am I going to do that? He's 80 pounds. I mean, I guess I could pick him up in my lap. I'll die, but that's fine. You won't die. You've done it before.
4: Yeah,
3: it's true. But
0: not for
4: as so, long as we
3: record.
0: Huh. It would be like a quick
4: Monsters
3: yeah. 2
0: is the game. Have, yes. Brittany, did you play the original Monsters? No. Brandon, did you? Oh,
4: no my not gosh. at all I think it
1: was vos uh, PSP and yes. ps3 right
0: I've played
4: other pixel junk oh. games but I don't think I played monsters I played definitely pay, played pixel you guys no how uh, how I learned about it was that uh, we were watching, Jason
2: and I were watching, gosh, oh, duh, I can't believe I just spaced on the name, er, kind of funny games daily. Gosh, I can't, I was like, what was that show again? <laughs> my show? <laughs> it's oh, been-, <laughs> it's, been, a it's been a long show. Anyway, and then I think you guys were going through the upcoming games, and you said Pixel Junk Monsters too, and he freaked out, because he played Pixel Junk on PS3, and he was like, oh my god, we gotta play this, and so we did. That's why I played it. And I had a lot of fun with it. The co-op was really great. Yeah, fun
0: experience. I loved Monsters. I played the shit out of that game because i'm a giant tower defense fan and um there's just not enough tower defense on console anymore it's almost all on mobile which i don't mind but until the next kingdom rush game comes out
1: (laughs) yeah they're all pretty pretty good pretty good yeah yeah um
0: cookies so, <laughs> mm, cookies, cookies like, oh, hungry. Um, so, Monsters <laughs> Two always. incorporates some three D elements, which I think is pretty neat. Where you can, um, you've always been able to kind of zoom in and zoom out, but now you can zoom like kind of all the way in and kind of see things from a more three D perspective. Is that correct? Um and.
1: Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have like gameplay benefits beyond like getting elevation ideas. So you can tell like, Oh, that, that tree is really high up. So that'll, if I put a tower up there, it'll have a little bit more range and see more. But you can also kind of tell just from look, you know, looking top down. I think it just, it feels like I'm in a model. You know, it feels like it's like Beetlejuice when they're like actually on in the town running around kind of has that vibe. Um, like some people do that where they'll, they'll go out and take up pictures of cities, but like the, the detail is so big, it looks like uh, it's like a model almost. It looks like everything kind of looks fake. It has that vibe. And um, so it's, it's just fun to zip, just hit R2 and zip into that mode, just to like, this looks cool. Okay, back to the game. Yeah,
0: I'm actually pretty pumped that this is on the Switch because this is the game that I'm mm-hmm. going to take with me everywhere and I I completely forgot that it was that it was coming out and I'm super excited that that I'm actually going to download it after the show after the show is done but for people who um don't know the game and aren't um familiar it's essentially like a colorful um top-down tower defense game you've got these little monsters that kind of have like a tribal tiki vibe to them that like they're almost like they're wearing these little masks but uh, and then they – you have a hut with a house, and you've got these – I always just called them babies. What is the name of them? Chibis? Chibis. Chibis. Are the, yeah, the uh, chibis. things that you have to protect that are inside your house. And obviously, if the monsters get to your house, they eat the chibis, and you don't want that um, – And so you have to, so you have to protect your base by setting up towers. And there's a couple of different types of towers and each of those towers corresponds to the different type of enemy in your traditional tower defense style. Um, and so the fun part about the game is kind of figuring out which different terrains are good for which towers and, you know, how fast the towers work with the enemies and, you know, like the, the goodness that you get from a, a tower defense gameplay loop. It's it's just good.
1: The, yeah, the the biggest change from other tower defense games that I've played, because I'm, like, quite prolific in the genre, is uh, where your character is is very important. It's, like, the mate, its like, the backbone of the experience, where, like, some games like you brought up, Kingdom Rush, have, like, heroes. So it's like, oh, I have my hero character, and I can tell that person where to go. But then that person might just fight autonomously, or maybe I'll tell them, like, when to use specific moves or, like, move them out of danger when their health is low. But then just by tapping stuff on, like, mobile or by clicking it with the mouse and keyboard, I'm going over here and setting up those towers where, like, you can only build stuff when that hero physically goes over and builds it. And, like, you can only upgrade towers when you physically go over there and either spend crystals or, like, stand there dancing and, like, upgrade it over time. And, like, as they go up in level, like, that little, that meter will go more slowly. So it's nice. You always have something to do because a lot of times when you're playing tower defense, you're just watching it happen and so you're always thinking like, where, where should I go? Where, where am I best spending my time right now? Is it going into the skirmish to collect coins or is it standing on this tower and dancing to level it up or uh, just run over <laughs> yeah. and look at stuff? Out of you know,
4: context, that's the greatest. <laughs> to, yeah. Just, just that standing sense. on this like, tower and yeah, dancing. Yeah, you do to level so you I want it coins d- or d- dance? dance? What do, on do the I towers. Want? <laughs> No, I know. Yeah. But it's just like, if you didn't know this game and he's just, you're just like hearing that for the, it just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a funny mm-hmm. image.
1: So yeah, it's uh it's different. It's very different from a lot of tower defense games I've played and and just an adorable aesthetic and challenging. It, when you get up to the higher difficulty levels, you cannot make a mistake. It's frustr. it's a little frustrating to put 40 mi- for like 40 minutes into a mission and then like the second to last wave, they're like, "Oh, by the way, that little path up there 40 flying yeah. dudes." And you're like, "I didn't yeah, know." Yeah, and then you
0: have to like, do it all over back to again. The board. Yeah, it's it's yeah. frustrating. But then I do
1: and have fun, yeah. so. I don't know what that. Says I like about how it. you
0: can customize your tiki man with different masks and shells. I didn't know that that customization was an option this time around.
1: Hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't take long to build up the currency to buy like that one or two masks you want, and then you're fine. I've I've been spending more of it just to be a completionist. Like, Dude, sounds
0: right. Well, I'm definitely going to be buying this. So excited. They did a like a free to play mobile thing a little while back, but I don't think it really did very well. Did you? Did you remember that?
1: Ooh. And there's a demo of the first level that you can play if you want to check it out. Uh, I'm assuming it's on Switch. I played it on PS4 and I played the demo on PS4 too. Just buy it. Can, it's um... good. <laughs> and it's or only 15 bucks. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can you buy crystals? Are there... Oh, neat.
1: Oh, I thought it was like 20 or 30 or something. I got. Oh, coat, it says so it
0: says 14.99 digital.
1: Badass. Bad yeah, ass. That's super cheap. That is a dynamite. Um, can you
0: buy their other uh, microtransactions? Can you buy game. crystals? Damn. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think this is the only time so damn. Like, shoot. There are no microtransactions. Sometimes it's nice to speed up things. Okay. Generally, I don't. I don't like ra- it when.
1: I, right I don't like it, it when
0: the gameplay loop is dependent on it. Right. Like if you take like a tiny tower, for right. example. But when there's Mm -hmm. like this little element that you're like, this is a kind of a pain point for me. Can I make it go faster? That would I would. Can I make this go away with money? I would pay to make it go away. Um, Well, Brandon, this has been really fun. Um, You could come back again sometime. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're going to see you at E3. We'll high five at some point. I know that you guys Mm -hmm. are doing streaming from your studio, right? For most of it.
1: Yeah. Which is not close to downtown. No, but so. you're
0: gonna be around the show floor at least at some point, yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Gotta
0: play gotta play those games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With bells on. E three is the best. E three is Christmas every year. It's my favorite it's my favorite part of this job yep. every time. It's the most stressful, painful yes, part of the job as it's well. It's so worth it. But it is just so awesome on so many fronts, and there's so many games. There's so many embargoes that have yet to lift, Andrea, from Judges Week. And I'm just like, oh, I can't and wait I to know. talk about that game. And, um, so many cool things that are like rumored to be there. And so many, we, so we've had so many leaks, but I just don't care. It's still like, I can't wait to see so much of this. Yeah. I was
0: supposed to be on, Mm. um, so we did our E3 predictions as, as called by a magic eight ball. If you guys missed that episode, (laughs) I highly recommend you take a look at it. (laughs) We're going to be keeping a tally mark as to what comes true and what doesn't. But I was supposed to also do the kind of funny games cast E3 predictions. And I told Greg and Tim, I was like, I got to bow out. I can't do it. I've signed too many legal documents Mm -hmm. saying I've seen things that I can't talk about that I can't do. I can't do any more prediction shows because I know so many secrets. But the good news is, is that despite the fact that I know some of what's coming down the pipeline and some of it is really fucking cool, you guys. There's still so much more that is a, an unknown, and that's what I love about this job, too, Brandon. And it's like we've been doing this for a while. Brittany's been doing it a while. steiner has been doing it a while. We know lots of people in the video games business that have been in this business for what feels like a hot fucking minute. It's, it's been a hot fucking minute. It, it
1: was neat to it was neat at Judges Week to reconnect with um, you know Jeff mm-hmm. Ersman, um and you know some other people uh, from um, uh, that have been yeah. to every three. Like Like, Ben Silverman
0: over at Yahoo, uh, he was just uh, tweeting the other day about – how painful it is to make E3 appointments. And I was like, oh, Ben, you haven't gone full jaded journo, have you? And then some people <laughs> were like, that. oh yeah, it must be hard to drink free drinks while playing video games and getting paid. It's, oh, woe is you. And he was like, yeah, man, those Coronas, you can only drink so many of them. And I was like, you motherfucker.
3: <laughs> oh man.
0: Um,
2: no, it, it's something I've noticed too. Uh, is I feel like sometimes people think it's the cool thing to bitch about E3. Yes, E3 is stressful and it's a lot of work and you will go a little crazy but i think at the end of the day if you don't love it and you don't enjoy being there and doing it maybe the industry just isn't for you man just, or maybe this isn't for you yeah. whatever just goodbye i don't know it's just
0: one of my pet peeves <laughs> yeah <bye>. brandon's <laughs> giving the old salute uh, sayonara yeah. it's time time for you to go time to let somebody else uh, take up the mantle and and have a shot yep. at it i i agree yeah. i i get the closer we get and we're so you guys, we're like by the time the show airs, we'll be like one week away from mm. from EA oh kicking God. things off. And I just it's gonna be it's gonna be a good week, you guys. This
1: generation is kicking ass. All the consoles are selling really well. I think this is gonna be any three for the books. I'm excited.
0: Oh, heck yeah. All right, Brandon. So if the folks Blah. wanna find what you guys do to find you, where can they go?
1: easy allies will work on most things. If you want to go Facebook, if you want to just Google, we have a website, easy allies.com. If you want to go to Patreon, if you want to go to Twitter, uh, if you Twitch, twitch.tv slash easy allies. Um, but, um, if you want to donate and you want to see how, uh, what you can get from helping us on Patreon, Patreon's great. Uh, otherwise easy is fun because it takes you to YouTube. You can see our schedule in, in your time zone. It translates, which is fun. Um, and, uh, Yeah. There's just all sorts of crazy stuff that we do. It's, 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 it's it's neat because hopefully what we try to provide is something where I see the opinion a lot of times from people that are like, yeah, I just watched the podcast. I don't like any of their other stuff. And that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Like you don't need to absorb it all. Like you can just maybe find that one show. Um, we have a tabletop show. We play D and D like to a lot of people, like that's their show. That's the only thing that they watch and they just enjoy that crew and their adventures that they go on. So. Hopefully you'll find something. I I
0: would be, I would be surprised if, if they didn't. Um, I personally am a fan of the Huber hype. Um, (laughs) especially around E3. He's still got some of the best reactions, if not the best reactions in the business. Uh, it's just the pure unbridled enthusiasm that man has i just it's, don't yeah. know how he does it um but thank you so much for for coming on the show this week uh you are wonderful we look forward to saying hi to you at e3 and connecting there again easyallies.com if you guys want to check out what they do and don't forget um that we have a bunch of new patreon changes that rolled out since it's a It is now the month of June, so if you guys want to, I know, right? If you guys want to see all of those, if you (laughs) missed the anniversary (laughs) stream and didn't get those details, uh, again, Patreon.com/slash What's Good Games. I know I said that this episode was brought to you by uh, our Patreon, and I never actually did a full spiel on it, but you guys have heard us talk about it. If you guys like what we do and you want to support us, just a one buck a month. We'll get you access to our brand new exclusive vlogs, which are on our Patreon. Plus, of course, we've got other cool stuff. You can get the postcard. You can get a signed Polaroid. You can get secret segment. Check it out. Patreon.com slash what's good games. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Congrats on the anniversary. Now that we, we have did. crossed cracked the three-hour mark. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We will I'm be proud. back next week with a special episode heading into E3. Take care. We'll see you next time.